Randy Bauman in the DV Morning Show broadcasting live from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Latro, Pennsylvania. Val Porter with a news update for you. Now, how you doing over there, Valerie? Good, good. Right on. Good to be at camp. Yeah, it's so fun so to, be great at camp. to be at camp. And it was really, I thought everybody shared the covers nicely last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody squirmed too much. Yeah, nobody was, hogged the bed. It or, was nice. Yeah. Uh, what do you got for us over there, Val? Uh, forecast today looks like it's going to be pretty much the same as it's been the last couple of days. Chance of showers and thunderstorms. Temperatures in the upper 70s to low 80s. Uh, the United States Centers for Disease Control actually had to put out an official statement recently. They wanted to remind Americans you should not wash or reuse your condoms. Oh, mm-hmm. man, I mm-hmm. wish I would have heard that. <laughs> Uh, they even years ago. they even went a step further explaining we say it because people do it. Yeah. Can't so, put that in the dishwasher. J- <laughs> that is nasty. School budgets all over the country. Well, maybe my neighbor will stop hanging them out in the backyard now to dry. <laughs> That's one benefit. School budgets continue to get cut all over the country. It can be tough for some parents to get all the supplies kids need to go back to school. And increasingly, teachers left to buy things that kids need in the classroom. A group of teachers was asked which things they need most to go back to school. So maybe if you're someone who can... Uh, buy a little extra, or if you don't have kids, maybe go pick up some stuff. There are lots of organizations that collect backpacks and school supplies for the less fortunate. Locally, the Education Partnership in the West End collects uh, those items. So uh, items most needed. One subject, composition notebooks, copy paper, two pocket folders, dry erase markers, disinfecting wipes, pens, pencils, and sharpeners, glue sticks and glue bottles, scissors and erasers, uh, lots of other items on the list that they need. And this, of course, is back to school time, so maybe it's a good idea if you're out shopping, pick up some of that stuff. If you want more information or the full list, you can find it at theeducationpartnership.org. Yeah, we usually do that every year. We usually get a bunch of supplies and give them to the school. The school isn't shy about asking either. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are just like, hey, can you guys yeah. bring in some stuff? We're well, like, yeah, uh, sure. What do you need? They're like, um, everything. Yeah, a lot of teachers end up spending their own money on that stuff, too. So, uh, Jelly Belly is releasing a new collection of candy themed after the Harry Potter films. It includes chocolate wands. Oh, thank God. I thought it was, was going to be called Harry Jell- Jelly Belly. And I thought <laughs> it's just going to remind me of my uncle at summertime. <laughs> <laughs> what, he would uh, set the jelly beans out in his navel and <laughs> gather the his, kids around? He'd lie on his back. And then... <laughs> uh, gummy and chocolate creatures, chocolate crests of the film's four houses, Gryffindor, Slytherin, Hufflepuff, and Ravenclaw. Jelly Belly already says birdie bots, jelly beans, and chocolate frogs. Those candies, uh, you can expect to see those uh, in stores on October 1st. It really sounded like you were just giving a speech at the furry convention. I have no idea <laughs> I don't any either. of the stuff that you were no, just saying. But I, I know those names, and yes. I know that Harry Potter people are like, oh, my God, that's wonderful. I know it a little bit. I'm no Sean Collier, but I, I know that those things will fly off the shelf because the people that love Harry Potter are completely and totally obsessed. I was in Volant last Friday, which is up like Grove City, New Wilmington yeah. area. It's just this small little town. It's it's about as big as this room. And they had some kind of Harry Potter fest last weekend. They said they had 5,000 people show up last year. Oh, I bet. In a space like this big, you know. 
It's crazy. It's like crazy. It, at the Universals, they have Harry Potter World, basically, and they have these wagons outside where you can pick a wand, and the like. Some of the wands light up. Some of them you can actually go to one of the storefronts and do magic with. They're like eighty dollars, oh and there God. was a line to buy them. Harry wand makes me think of my uncle. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a story probably yes, but not not yeah um, for broadcast telling. Different, yeah. different. Uh, <laughs> does your relationship pass this 10-question love test? No. A bunch of divorce lawyers put no. the list together, yeah. uh, and they say every couple should talk about this before they get married. Are you a good fit for each other? Which might be a broad question, but... This goes in there. I think the, we're good. <laughs> well, unless you're, unless you're it abroad, fits it's a guy question. <laughs> <laughs> is your relationship grounded in friendship? Do you try to see the best in each other? <laughs> That's a tough one. Do you both have realistic expectations of each other? None. <laughs> Do you generally want the same things in life? No. <laughs> Confession Jeez, time. Well, that's kind of a, that one. That, Not at all. Not at all. You can Guys, just I'll be right back. These in your head. Yep. <laughs> can you raise issues with each other and talk them out? Do you keep things exciting? Well, you can combine those things and talk about your issues on a roller coaster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you both committed to working through the tough times? Would you pull together in hard times, which is kind of the same thing yeah. as the other way? And then uh, do you each have your own support group so you don't have to just rely on each other? So those are your 10 questions to discuss before you get married. Yeah, th- that's important. I feel like every couple should have a sponsor, like almost, you know, like, like a, a veteran network. couple. Yeah. yeah, like somebody you can call to for guidance because really nobody else wants to hear anybody's bull crap unless yeah. – you know, everybody had to do it. Mm-hmm. So you just had that person has to be married longer than you. And then you can call them for reference. Be like, hey, she's saying this about me. Like, how do I how do I respond <laughs> to that? Because a lot of this, I mean, nobody's talking. You know, everybody's clamming up. Yeah. Nobody wants to share. And I get it. It's not a good conversation to have at a party or a training camp. But keeping the secrets. We, this We should have put. Ben and Todd Haley to the test. On this. <laughs> the relationship test. Yeah. Oh my God! Every Do answer was a no. Yeah. No. Although the exciting <laughs> part, they kept going. Yeah, they did. You know. Yep. They had that going for them. Mm-hmm. What were the other ones? Uh, Honesty. Do no. you want the same thing? Yeah. No. Are you? Really, well, no. Uh, I mean, kind of. They did. Are you committed to working through the tough times? No. 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 Are you a good fit for each other? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Is no. your relationship grounded in friendship? No. Not, not at all. Do you see the best in each other? <laughs> nah, no. Yeah. You think yeah? Ben saw the best in Todd Haley? Yeah, just not enough. Maybe of it from at his bull mechanical bull riding, but that's about it. <laughs> Do you both have reali- realistic expectations of each other? I think that one's a yes. Yeah, they yeah, might I think have that. One's that. A yes yeah. too. Can you raise issues with each other and talk them out? No. No, they couldn't do that. No. And do you have your own support group so you don't just rely on each other? Yeah. I mean, it's clear those two assume. needed to not be together. Yeah. Based on Val's poll, it's a good, good thing idea we, they got we have a new office. I think there was a professional respect on both sides. Right. I think there were different approaches as to how it should be done. And uh, there were some sandpaper-type personalities colliding. Yeah. All right, well, it's good then. 
Or it, it was like it was as if sandpaper was colliding when their personalities collided. I should say. I got you. I don't think Ben's sandpaper. No. Not to Rick. continue with this analogy, but didn't he just marry his side chick? Randy Feekner. Feekner oh. is now yeah the guy. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Randy, I think you're going to live longer <laughs> than a lot of people. A scientific study in Britain has found going to concerts every two weeks can extend your life expectancy by nine years. You're going to live forever, dude. According to Unless the study. it's a Who concert. Oh, a person's <laughs> wife. <laughs> oh, God. Dated joke, Too but soon? still tasteless. <laughs> <laughs> According to a study, a person's well-being is increased by 21% from just 20 minutes of watching a concert compared to increasing 10% by doing yoga and 7% for dog walking. Do the know, boost, I- boost includes a 25% increase in feelings of self-worth. A 25% increase in feeling close to others and a 75% increase in mental stimulation. People go to concerts every two weeks, also more likely to score well in happiness, contentment, productivity, and self-esteem. Can't do yoga. God smack, though. I found out (laughs) that the hard way. Can't combine those things. Sully gets pissed. (laughs) How hot does it have to get before you uh, turn on the AC? According to a new survey, not very hot. Just a little hot. 40% said they start using the AC before it hits 80. It's just for sleep. That's well, all I care and, about. And I don't it, mind being hot during the day. But if it's super humid, that's different. 3% who do it when it's less than 67 degrees outside. 67? Yeah, young people about four times more likely than older people to crank the AC when the temperature is in the mid-60s. Uh, another 17% said it has to be in the low 80s, and uh, 10% wait till it's 90 degrees out <laughs> to turn on the is, air conditioner. Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> That's no. definitely you, Val. Come on, stop. <laughs> Admit it. It's a, it's, it has to hit triple digits yeah. before you pump that it's AC. It's like 111. Val's like, I'll put the AC on 97. <laughs> I, I really have put the air conditioner on for the dogs when I, I was cold. <laughs> Oh, man. Val's walking around in a (laughs) snowsuit. The entire whole first run of Pearl Jam's signature wine called Home and Away. I'm guessing that's what it is. It's Home X Away, so I would assume that's Home and Away. Mm -hmm. Completely sold out in 12 minutes. Each of the 450 limited edition sets came with four bottles featuring a label depicting the skyline of one of the four cities the band is playing on its tour. Prof, uh, profits from the wine sales will go to the band's nonprofit foundation, Vitology. Finally, IGN.com uh, recently assembled a list of the 100 greatest movie moments. Not movies, movie moments. What's IGN? I don't know. IGN.com. They're a, a, a website that does it's, this. It's a grocery store. Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, the le- uh, Let's go from... Uh, Number 10, chest, uh, chest burster scene from Alien. When oh, the yeah. Alien comes Terrified out of the chest. me as a kid. Terrified me. Wait, which? Okay, yeah, scary. Yeah. Here's looking at you, kid. That scene from Casablanca. Mike agrees with Pretty that one. Pretty good one. Definitely. Uh, number eight, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Real good one. Oh, yeah. From Gone, Gone with, with the, the Wind. wind. She's like, this movie is really racist. And he goes, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Number seven, the flying bike scene from E.T. Oh, yeah. 
For sure. Great scene. The shower scene from Psycho. Mm-hmm. Wish sure. there was a little bit more shower in that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Less psycho, more shower. Right. The you're going to need a bigger boat scene from Jaws. Sure. Tremendous. You talking to me from Taxi Driver? Dude. Just standing oh, in the mirror like a maniac. It's like you just you just totally channeled Travis Bickle there. <laughs> the rosebud scene from Citizen Kane. Nobody's seen Citizen Kane. Everyone I've says seen they've seen, seen it. Seen it. Many seen times. It. I, I saw it. Yeah. That's not the greatest scene in that movie. No. No, what is? Ah, uh, there are several, but that, that one left me, uh, I wanted a little more there. Like more shower, less psycho? Just, I wanted a different ending, I guess. It was a long movie. I guess they figured they'd done enough. Number two from The Godfather, make him an offer he can't refuse. Sure. And you could have chose like you could have chosen six different scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And from Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. Any guesses? Legendary Star Wars. Luke, I am your father. That's it. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Boy, I can't believe the uh, Phoebe Cates getting out of the pool in Fast Times at Ridgemont High wasn't in there. Probably on a different list, Mike. Yep. <laughs> Greatest uh, moments. Forecast today, expect showers and thunderstorms and temperatures in the upper 70s. Broadcasting live to tape, Steelers training camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe, the DBE morning show, more to come. Coaches, players, personnel, uh, groundskeepers, everybody that makes this place happen is important to us. Media. The people who run the bookstore. Yes, exactly. Uh, It's all on the way uh, as we continue to broadcast from the Steelers home for the last 53 years. It's Mike's 32nd year covering the Steelers. His 17th is a member of the DVE Morning Show. This is my 19th camp. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. I did five. uh, I'm counting five in a row. Uh, (laughs) I did double shifts. I, I, you know. Um, No, it's actually my 19th. uh, That's crazy. I don't know how many I've stayed over. So last night was a true. uh, uh, Camp experience. Yeah, it was a real camp experience. Who, Who was the quarterback when you first got here? Your first year at camp, do you remember? Cordell? Slash. If it wasn't Cordell, it was Jim Miller. No, it wasn't Jim Miller. It was Cordell. Mike Tom. It was Cordell, and then we got uh, the, the what the hell's his Who's name? the Frankenstein The guy? big guy. Yeah, the Frankenstein with the Blonde. feet. Kent Graham. Kent Graham. Or as you once put it, Cordell Graham. Cordell Graham. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That really lived up to the old maxim. When you got two quarterbacks, you don't got one. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, things much better now because we've got a skinny quarterback named Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Our interview with Ben coming up probably. And they drafted a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, he's a Freemason. Well, he wasn't that free. Actually, he cost, he no, cost he's, a lot. He cost some money. It's on the way. DBE. I joined blackandgoldpeoplemeet.com to find somebody I could grow old hating the Ravens with. You know what I mean? Someone I could share all my terrible towels with. Someone who could name every player on a steel curtain defense, first and last name. I think this is a great place to meet my wife and meet somebody who can make buffalo chicken dip for a large tailgate. I mean, I'm the type of person who bleeds black and gold. I get my whole section rowdy when we're down in the fourth quarter, and that's the type of woman I want to marry. I've been yearning to find someone that don't mind me smoking in his favorite Steelers hoodie. Someone who I can start a fight with. Someone who loves Heath Miller as much as I do. Maybe even more. 
getting on blackandgoldpeoplemeet.com has given me the chance to meet someone whose life work is being a Steelers fan. Signing up for blackandgoldpeoplemeet.com was simple. It's just a few clicks here and there, you know what I mean? I uploaded a pic of me in my Palomalu jersey with the matching wig. I set my preferences for where I wanted to meet abroad. You know, Steelers Nation is global, but I, I set mine for like five miles or less because I lost my license on a DUI and I can't drive and I wanted somebody local. And Sherry was like 10 miles away. You know, I live in Wilmerding. She lives in Baldwin. But she came up as a recommendation and I saw that her favorite parking lot game was Cornhole. I was like, that's my favorite parking lot game. Oh, she thinks the commissioner has it in for the Steelers? Oh, she has turf from Three Rivers? Oh, she has the road to the Super Bowl XL DVDs? I was like, this girl's perfect. So I messaged her, complimented her metal Steelers license plate purse, and she responded and we started talking in that. Never in my wildest dream did I think I'd take a bus out Route 51 to meet a chick, but it happened. And I couldn't be happier. Sometimes you just got to put yourself out there and see what happens. Joining blackandgoldpeoplemeet.com was like playing renegade for my love life. Did he move in immediately and put all his jerseys from Gabriel Brothers in my closet? Yes, but I think I'm okay with that. Long as he doesn't take a dump in my closet while I'm sleeping like Najee Davenport. I think this might be a match made in Steelers heaven. Thanks, blackandgoldpeoplemeet.com, for helping me find someone who hates the head coach as much as I do. Blackandgoldpeoplemeet.com, where Super Bowl rings turn out to be engagement rings. Uh, joining us right now as we broadcast live from Steelers Training Camp in St. Vincent College, Latro, Pennsylvania. From my hometown of Erie, Pennsylvania, it is James Connor. How are you, man? It's good to see you. Good, brother. How are you guys doing? All right, all right. Now, to uh, like back in the day, see, now I was a prep guy, and James was a McDowell guy. He was a Trojan. Yeah. It was a heated rivalry for many, many years until mm-hmm. James Conner came in and just started beating the snot out of everybody and everything <laughs> he did. Uh, but congratulations on all your success so far. And now uh, everybody, you know, without Lev Bell being here, everybody we talked to is just saying, like, yeah, well, James Conner's a stud out there, you know. And so, because I asked Cam if he felt like the defense wasn't getting uh, uh, prepared as much as they would if they were practicing against Lev Bell. And he's like, Oh, no. Yeah. He said, James is a beast. You got to be feeling pretty good. Yeah, I feel good coming into this camp, uh, second year around. So, you know, it's time to my expectations for myself and the coaches, what they expect from me are, uh, you know, they're rising. So, um, you know, every rep, I'm just trying to make the most of it, make the reps count. Um, you know, with Le'Veon not being here mm-hmm. or, or if he was here, you know, whenever coach, you know, told me to get in to practice, get a rep, I try to just take full advantage, put myself in a moment. And, um, yeah, trying to give the, the defense a good look. What's the difference for you between last year and this year? Um, just uh, comfortability. Um, I know what I'm doing now. I know what to expect. Kind of learned how to be a professional with mm-hmm. taking care of my body, recovering, and being in shape, and then also just being accountable. Um, you know, we got Ben back there. Can I let him get, you know, hit it off? So my pass protection, you know, I, I up that. I'm just trying to get better in every category year two. Pouncey mentioned that this week. He said your pass protection is noticeably better. Uh, obviously, you wanted to to fix that. Yeah. Too much going on, too fast last year, just to to figure out what to do and when. I'm just kind of new to it. Um, you know, at Pitt, you know, they would just give me the ball. So, but you know, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. no, just being honest, it's a different game. Um, you know, if you can't do it all, you know, you're not gonna play, and that's uh, also you know reasons why I wasn't on the field last year, and I'm, I'm aware of that. So, uh, 
um, you know, the coach, they, I believe they know I can run the ball. I just got to show that I'm capable of, you know, protecting it. And, uh, so that's really been what I've been focusing on, uh, mainly this camp. You got your health this year, too. I think you might have practiced more here already than you did last year. It was a yeah, tough, tough start for you. Yeah, first day of pass last year, I had a little shoulder injury. So, um, But that goes into me learning how to be professional with taking care of my body and doing prehab instead of rehab. Definitely stepped up your hair game. What's yeah. the uh, the reaction to the mullet been like from your teammates? Man, the, well, the teammates they like it. Um, the fans they like it. Walking up, you know, they scream. <laughs> I love the mullet and stuff. So I got a long way to go before it gets real, real long. But I'm just so trying. you're, you're going to keep that it going thing all season. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it going all season. That's what Ben asked me to. He said that's what we're doing this season. I said yeah. So, so you're gonna keep it going. So oh Steelers fans, kids tremendous. in particular, should emulate James Conner. But yeah, but this should be the new Pittsburgh hairstyle. <laughs> yeah, business in the front, party in the back. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with the jersey thing? If, what you mean? If, if somebody hangs your jersey or if a kid's wearing it, uh, you're, you're going to make sure you – Yeah, I like that because um, that's, that's special support. Um, you know, somebody, you know, a supporter, don't really like to say fans, you know, because they're supporting. And uh, they have my name and number, on, you know, on them. I think that's special. Uh, that that That's like a lot of love and appreciation. So I make sure when I see, you know, my, my jersey out there in camp, I try to, you know, make sure I go there and sign it and take a picture with them. Why do you say you don't want to say fans? Uh, the, the word, I don't know. Fanatic, it's, derivative of fanatic. I mean, yeah. it is. Steeler fans are fanatic. They are fanatic, but, you know, they also, they, they support and they're coming and they're cheering and they're also, you know, that they're paying for tickets and taking time out of the day there to really show support. So, you know, I, I, I just think it, it sounds a little bit better. It's more respectful. Yeah, it's more respectful. That's, it, that's what I it, Honestly, I, I hosted tailgate at Stage AE before the games and I couldn't, I can't tell you how many Steeler jerseys I saw. Mm-hmm. With the number thirty and the name Connor mm-hmm. on the back, I think yeah. people obviously love you as a player, loved you at Pitt, but they the jersey represents your story. You're, True, you know, you're yeah. overcoming adversity and all odds, and that that has to be special for you right. as well. Yeah, so yeah, I know that's you know a big reason why the sales my first year were so high because of the story, but you know now I want them to be able to you know support because of the player I am, you know, with the story as well. Now, a new offensive coordinator this year. How much have things changed in the playbook for you? Um, you know, I'm still. This you know new year, but it's still it's still Coach Randy. Um, you know he's been around the system, so uh, really, uh, I'm not too sure. The really. terminology staying. I don't know. Consistent? Yeah, ben told me don't talk. Well, I don't talk about oh, okay. that. <laughs> Did Ben yell at you? Because he, nah, he didn't at yell at me. It's just I, I seen one of Ben's interviews that he did, and they asked him, you know, what's different, and he was just like, no comment, kinda. So okay. James's hair. Mm-hmm. That's what's different. Yeah, Next my question. Hair, my hair is <laughs> Catching the ball, big deal to you this year, too. That, that part of your game seems to have been elevated. Yeah. Um, just overall, you know, confidence going up. Just trying to be accountable, like I said. James Conner with us right now. Pittsburgh Steelers training camp. It's uh, your second one. And uh, a lot of attention on the Lev Bell situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, you know, uh, I'm wondering if it's not going to hurt him this year. And people are like, oh, he's you know, he's going to be awesome when he's coming in. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be great. But I can't imagine they're not going to be relying on you a lot at the beginning of the year. Do you feel like that there's going to be an emphasized uh, um, reliance on your abilities early on? Um, I believe that if I just show that I'm accountable, you know, I'll be on the field more than I was last year. But uh, at the end of the day, I just control the controllables. Um, when Le'Veon gets back, he's going to be the star running back. And you know, I know I understand that. And, you know, so my job is just to do my job um, early on in the season, late in the season, whenever my number may be called. It's my job just to be accountable and uh, then just know what I'm doing out there. How do you not indulge in the distractions that so many people get caught up in in the NFL, social media and otherwise? Yeah. 
Um, I'm, I'm still in a learning process. So I really don't have time for no distractions. You know, I'm, I'm trying to master the playbook and uh, still continue to learn how to be a professional. So, you know, I'm trying to just stay level-headed and keep the distractions minimal. James Conner, always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Best of Thank luck this you, year. Thanks Thank so much for making time Appreciate for us it. here. Steelers training camp live from St. Vincent College in Latro. It's the DVE Morning Show, broadcasting live to tape from Steelers Training Camp. St. Vincent College, Lake Trobe, we're in the chapel. We're not going to get married. We're getting fired up. Fired up for Steeler football and Val Porter's news. Yeah. yeah. Breakdown. Yeah. Uh, forecast today, it looks like it's going to be pretty much the same as the last couple of days. Showers, maybe thunderstorms, temperatures in the upper 70s. Uh, there is a new email scam going around that is pretty convincing. A lot of people have been falling for it. Scammers sending emails saying they've hacked your webcam and they've recorded you watching porn. Oh, no. <laughs> this is a Black Mirror episode. Believable if you watch a ton of porn. Yeah, and uh, to drive the point home, they include one of the real passwords you use. Uh, they're demanding at least $1,200 in Bitcoin, or they say they'll send the video to all of your contacts, and apparently some of them have made well over fifty grand in blackmail payments. Wow. Uh, but it's all a lie. They probably got your email, uh, they say, from one of your real passwords from one of the sites like Yahoo or the dozens and dozens of sites that have been hacked over the years. But they didn't get into your webcam and record you. But that being said, it is not impossible for someone to hack into your webcam. So put the old post-it <laughs> over the webcam. Duct tape Even if it. it's like in your in your bedroom, it could yeah. record you changing your clothes or whatever. Although you if you there. do that for some reason to a lot of people, that's a tip off that you watch a lot of porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. It's a good point. Why you got your camera taped over? I watch tons of porn. I mean, I'm afraid uh, of. I mean, I don't know. There's just a privacy issue. Whatever. Um, We've talked many times about weird food combinations and, you know, just gluttonous food. Um, I'm not sure if anybody would eat this, although I don't know. It could be good. An ice cream company called Windy Brow Farms created an ice cream with big chunks of pork in it. Did you call it, is it called Windy Brown Farms? Windy Brown. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Windy Brown. Oh, Sounds like the forecast in my bathroom. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh that is a <laughs> that's a shade of taupe I don't want to see. <laughs> Windy uh, Brown. Every gallon has almost With the weather tonight. <laughs> a pound of pork roll in it. Oh, dude. It's Ugh. also flavored with French toast and maple syrup. What the hell's wrong with just ice cream flavor ice cream? I I don't know. I'm a huge fan of just yeah the traditional. But I think that that could be good. Yeah, sweet and savory. Yeah, you know pork. Uh, If you're interested, though, you'll probably have to go to their main store in New Jersey or other ice cream shops in that area. They're not selling it nationally, but um, that's like that mayonnaise ice cream. I mean, you mean mayonnaise? (laughs) Yeah, just pound salt with that stuff. There's, you know, it's uh, the regular stuff is fine. You know, I blame Dairy Queen with the blizzards. They started putting other stuff in the ice in cream. And now all of a sudden our whole gene pool of ice cream is screwed up. Oh, man, we were down in Deep Creek and we went to this place. It's uh, the Lakeside Creamery. It's a little um, uh, ice cream shop there at the lake. And, and I just got a traditional Sunday where it was just. Oh, yeah. Vanilla ice cream. Hot fudge. Hot fudge peanuts. Peanuts. Spanish peanuts. I don't. What, what are Spanish? They peanuts? have the skin on. They have the skin on. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, the no. red skin. No skin. No skin. And then uh, skinless whipped cream peanuts? and uh, what? You had skinless peanuts. I did. I had all my peanuts circumcised. In a pie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
If you want to get yourself a good house cheap, you should find one on a street like Wiener Cutoff Road in Wiener, Arkansas, or Butt Road in Fort Wayne, Indiana, or Katie Crotch Road in New Portland, Ooh, Maine. Oh, Wiener Cut Road. They are all real <laughs> places. Uh, according to a new study, houses on streets with embarrassing names sell for less than similar houses on streets with normal names, so you might get a good deal. Students in Australia analyzed 47 years of property records and found that houses on embarrassing streets sell for an average of 20% below their market value. Yeah, that held up for us. We just uh, moved in on Dingleberry Lane and uh, <laughs> got a great beautiful deal. property. Mm, tape uh, circle, three houses available. Wendy Brown Farms. Right. Change yeah. the name. Don't uh, go past Taint Circle, though. You don't want to live there. Uh-uh. The study also found 33% of people say they absolutely would not live on a street with a weird name, either some funny name or a sexual name, anything like that. Yeah, I mean that never really came into it for us when we whenever we were searching for a house, it the street name never really uh registered. Well, but, but if it was a other. weird name, you, yeah, I guess you, it would. That's true. Yeah. We didn't look at any places on Smegma Street. <laughs> we live on Racist Haven Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wouldn't want to live there. No. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh Google's auto select uh, auto suggestions have uh, come up with some strange things. Uh, people recently figured out that if you type sit on mm-hmm. into a text message on some Android phones, what's the predictive? The uh, automatic suggestion for the next few words is butt balloon. <laughs> what? Sit on. A what? butt balloon. What? <laughs> Where'd you come up with the butt balloon? What is that? Don't you worry about it. Antonio Brown's going to come to camp in a butt balloon next year. <laughs> uh, my face. Whoa. Whoa. That's the predictive text. That is aggressive. Very aggressive. <laughs> Not much more aggressive than butt balloon. I'll, I'll, Google, I'll be honest about that. Uh, says they just found about, uh, out about it and they are, quote, rolling out a fix. But they must. They may have done it already because I tried it in a text message and it you didn't work. sit on? And what came up? It didn't. It didn't. Nothing. I don't remember. It. It was just. It was not what they're trying to Probably fix. Like the they, fence or they something. They figured it out. Ah, uh, uh, software dorks everywhere. Like look what we did. <laughs> sit um, on. Sit on your Wendy Brown. A new survey found the average parent has six separate arguments with their kids every day. Oh yeah, Bill. I feel like that's a low number. <laughs> well, for you, it would be twelve. Yeah. Uh, oh, each kid. Yeah. Yes. Then yes. That's uh, the, appropriate. The saddest stat, though, is parents only win about half of those arguments. Most parents said they just end up compromising to keep the peace. The 10 most common things uh, people argue about with their kids, not cleaning their plate. Over half of all arguments involve food or drink. Yeah, forget about Donald Trump with the art of the deal. The kids really have the negotiating down pat. It's a negotiation from the time they open their eyes to the time they go to sleep. They're asking for things. They're asking for things at every single <laughs> point of the day, and you can't. You, you just can't stop it all. You got to let a bunch through. Yeah, uh, not cleaning their bedroom. Only wanting junk food. Well, no. See, they'll clean their bedroom. They want cash. Yeah. And I, I don't have cash. Golden Oak so Landing they, has good deals. You can have <laughs> they set up Venmo accounts, yeah. so now I'm screwed. Complaining that they're full when they've barely touched their food. 
That's all the junk yeah. food they had. Uh, just a yeah, just a little bit of inquiry, just a uh, just a very small amount of questioning. There's a popsicle or a piece of gum or candy or something in their very recent past. Yeah, uh, fighting with siblings all the time. Yeah, these are a lot of lot of like they said a lot of food related one. Eating junk food before a meal. Yeah. Uh, trying to put off bedtime. Another big argument. Homework, using their food, uh, their phones and computers too much, and not brushing their teeth. Yeah, it's tough. Biggest arguments. Yeah. Yep. The phones. I mean, they don't have phones, but they there there is one iPad. That they've taken over, Mm-mm. and it sucks. They're on it all the time. Because they just want to be on it all the time, and then they fight over it. She's been on it for 20 minutes. <laughs> I want to be on it. It's just yeah, the Bill's trying to find shop for butt balloons. And <laughs> <laughs> the kids are taking the iPad away. Give me that. Sit Tape on. over the camera. More than two dozen DJs. This would be This would be not radio DJs, uh, like dance DJs. Okay, club DJs. Uh, yes, they have worked hundreds of weddings. They were surveyed and asked what songs couples have banned the most. The chicken chi- dance. The chicken dance is number one. Got to yeah, be. Got to be. Uh, Cotton Eye Joe? Uh, no, no I'm Cotton saying Hokey Pokey. The cha-cha slide, number two. Electric slide? Macarena, not the electric slide. What's Macarena? the one that goes like... Uh, to the left. Yeah, that one. That, isn't that the cha-cha slide? I don't know. It's, I think. It's, it's a slide. Yeah, Didn't the Pirates it. send cha-cha slide to the Tampa Bay Rays? And <laughs> the Cupid he was Shuffle? the third player? <laughs> I think so. Is that down, down, doo-doo, brown? Is that the Cupid <laughs> Shuffle? <laughs> down, down, doo-doo, brown. Stop talking <laughs> while you're in the bathroom. <laughs> I sing a little song. It's just my thing. Doo-doo, are you related to Wendy? <laughs> down, down, doo-doo, brown, doo-doo, brown. Uh, <laughs> YMCA. <laughs> YMCA. Uh, oh, dude, hearing you say yeah, down, down, doo-doo, brown. <laughs> that's... Oh, no, the electric slide is number six. Wait, yeah. wasn't she a VJ on MTV? Doo-doo, no, brown, no, I think No, that was, was downtown Julie downtown Brown. Doo-doo, brown. The hokey pokey. The wobble. I don't know what the wobble is. I don't know. Joe's doing wobble, it. Over wobble, there. wobble, wobble, wobble. Shake it, shake. Uh, happy and shout. Ty. Happy the CeeLo song? Uh, no, that's Pharrell. Yeah. Or Pharrell, sorry. Uh, uh, Love Shack is number 11. Oh, that song is the worst. And We Are Family also on the list. Oh. Hey, uh, wait a minute here. That's not from Pittsburgh. No, probably not. My, my brother is a DJ and he has done a lot of weddings and he's like, Bill, you're not going to believe this. They're going to cut the cake tomorrow. And uh, after <laughs> that, they're going to dance. They're going to dance. They're going to, they're going to like, it's just the same thing at every single wedding now though, over and over and over. Again. They do all that stuff right up front. Yeah, they do. It's like they do the dance, they cut the cake, they do the garter toss, all that. And then it's like, Eat and party. It's fast forward through like those traditions. Right. Like, okay, do this, do yeah. that, do that. Okay, everybody hang out. Yep. Yeah. Forecast for today, uh, showers, thunderstorms likely, and temperatures right around 80 for the Can high. Can you play Down Down Doo-Doo Brown? Doo-Doo Brown? <laughs> doo-doo Brown. Uh, you know what I really <laughs> like? <laughs> down Down Doo-Doo Brown. When they have uh, uh, food stations at weddings instead of having sit-down meals. Mm-hmm. And then you could just kind of eat at your own pace. 
and then the bar never closes. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it closes during dinner. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's right. annoying. Yeah. I mean, I get they're trying to save money. Sure. But you could always go cash bar for during dinner. That's possibly tacky. Yeah, I don't know. I think yeah. it's tacky. Right. I don't know what's the big deal about having the bar open during dinner. Because people will booze more. They'll be like, oh, I'm going to get three glasses of wine with Some my dinner. Some people will just never sit yeah, down. Yeah, but then other people go, oh, the bar's closed and I'm going to get five drinks. Oh, there's that too, yeah. Well, look, you know, wedding uh, uh, etiquette notwithstanding, uh, we are broadcasting live from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College, live to tape in Latro, Pennsylvania, and all kinds of interviews with Steelers players, personnel on the way for you as we continue uh, in our 52nd year here at uh, 53rd year at Steelers training camp. Uh, it's not our 53rd year, but it's the Steelers. Oh, no, we've done the broadcast every year. Yes, yep. exactly. Um, but uh, Since before I was born. Yes. It's all coming up for you as we get ready for the Steelers 2018 season here on your home of the Black and Gold 102.5 DVE. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman and the crew here live from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe, uh, Pennsylvania, joined by T.J. Watt of your Pittsburgh Steelers. T.J., good morning. How are you, man? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on. So, first of all, uh, a great first year for you and feeling uh, pretty pretty good about how things went. This year, it looks like you might be changing up. You'd be switching and playing on the left a whole lot. So, like, what differences is that going to be for, uh, for you this year, responsibility-wise and expectation-wise? Um, yeah, first, I'm happy with how last year went. Uh, obviously, never satisfied. I wish I'd uh, made more plays, made more splash. Um, I think moving to the left side will definitely help me uh, do that. And that's just because on the left side, I'm able to mirror the quarterback, see him throw. They typically, right-handed quarterbacks, they throw to their right a lot more, mm-hmm. um, especially in the quick game, so I can get my hands up in the pass game. Um, I just feel like I'm way more comfortable pass rushing on that side, way more comfortable with my right-hand dominant. Um, so I think I'll be able to make a lot more plays from this side, and uh, we'll see how it works out. You mentioned the quick game. You guys had a bunch of sacks last year, team record. I think you led the league. You expect to see a whole lot more of that, that uh, opponents just aren't going to sit back there and let you guys get to the passer? Um, I, the way camp has been going, uh, obviously I'm out right now, but the way things started, we were getting after the passer pretty dang good, and I think um, especially with Bud and I flipped, we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty comfortable with where we're at right now. We're throwing a lot of great pitches uh, against the tackles and winning a lot, so um, hopefully we get to rush a, a lot, and uh, hopefully that uh, produces some more sacks for us. So it looks like there's going to be a number of changes defensively for you guys, not just schematically but personnel-wise. Communication was a big part of that, uh, 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 the, the need to change and have better communication. How are things being facilitated now differently than they were last year? I think this year we have more guys talking. Uh, last year it was a lot of Ryan, uh, was, was kind of the quarterback of the defense, and he was the one voice. Uh, this year we're, we're all trying to help everybody out, so uh, especially guys that have been in the defense that know the system, we're trying to um, vocalize as much as possible and just echo throughout the whole defense so everybody's getting the call and we're on the same page. You mentioned Ryan. I saw him yesterday here at practice, and I know beyond the spiritual boost that that must give you guys that he's actually probably lending his voice uh, X and O's wise can you give us any insight as to how he's helping out oh, he ryan's a great football player and he has yeah. a lot of great things to say and uh, he's a, he has a great eye for scouting too so he he watches us practice and he'll take you aside and he'll say listen you should do this on this rep you should get a little deeper in your hook drop just things like that that can help you as a football player 
We had James Conner on yesterday, and he's obviously a guy who's much more comfortable, and he talked about just understanding how camp works now and what to expect. What what have you noticed in the early going? How, how much more uh, aware are you of what is going on and what's being asked of you and how you get through this? Yeah, I, I tell people it's night and day because it truly is. I, I'm so much more comfortable this year. I just know Latrobe. I know the people here. I, I know all my teammates. I know all the calls. I know the schedule. I'm not running to meetings. I'm not. I don't have to get all the rookie snacks. I don't have to do all the little things. I don't, I'm not worried about a talent show. All, all that stuff. That <laughs> right. In the back of your mind, is that such a big deal at the time? But uh, now it's it's. I'm so much more comfortable and allows me to play a lot faster and be able to play a lot smarter and stuff. So it it allows me to let loose in the football field. What'd you do in the talent show last yeah, year? Yeah. How how did that go? Um, I I sang a song and then in the talent show. Uh, we just did like a reenactment. I, I reenacted a special teams drill, which got a little laugh. Not as big as I wanted, but <laughs> <laughs> enough to not have to repeat it. So yeah. it worked. That's all that matters. Well, you can certainly commiserate with what it's like having the pressures on you of a, a first rounder. And uh, this year, you got another member of the defense in Terrell Evans. How's he been uh, acclimating so far? Terrell's a ball hawk. Yeah. He's been around the ball a lot, and I think he's been able to show the physicality. And uh, the thing I like about him is he's not making the same mistake twice. Um, there, early in the camp, I think uh, there was like a run where he missed his gap, and then we had the same run a few days later, and he closed it up and made the play really well. So um, as long as you're coachable and you don't make the same mistake twice, you're going to be great. We talked with Cam about the Jacksonville game last year and how that was tough to go out uh, on a, a loss and where the defense probably had their worst game of the year. How do you build on something like that where you gave up 45 at home? Stop the run, stop the run, stop the run. I think that's the first and foremost thing of this whole camp. That's why we're doing so much team runs, so much tackling. Because um, I think we, were, we weren't we were as gap sound as we wanted to be, and we missed uh, a gang of tackles. So uh, we're putting a big emphasis on tackling, finishing tackles, getting guys to the ball with our pursuit, and just being gap sound, not trying to do too much. Uh, we don't need guys to be superheroes and try to um, make everybody else right. All you have to do is do your job. It won't be fine. Are you getting comfortable enough that you think that Next year, you might come to camp in some sort of like huge contraption. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that fits my personality. No. though. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. I guess. What'd you think of the helicopter? I thought it was pretty badass. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Where did it land, by the way? Way up, up behind there, the door. I, don't know. I saw it circling, and I was like, "Who in the heck is?" Did that? you guys? Yeah, was it a surprise to you? Or? Yeah, I had no idea. I just saw the media flocking up there, and I said, something must be going on. AB's coming to camp yep. in a helicopter. Yep, of I came in a Tahoe. So. <laughs> See, that's got you know, to be like a good thing for you because you have some of the flashiest players in the NFL on this team, and you're the opposite of that. And that enables you to sort of be way under the radar, I would imagine, right where you like it. Yeah, exactly. But the thing about our team is we have guys like that but once we get on the field it's we're all the same we all love working we all work really hard so i think that's the cool thing about football is you get guys from all different backgrounds um they enjoy all different things outside of the field but once right. it gets to the field none of that stuff matters we just love playing ball it seems like uh, oftentimes guys with vastly different backgrounds will wind up becoming pretty good friends <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's different because some guys are chatty Cathy's. They like to kind of gossip and stuff during during walkthroughs and stuff. Other guys are straight football guys. So you kind of cling to those guys that, like, uh, James Washington's a guy that I haven't really gotten to know yet, but I noticed that he's really, really quiet. So that's a guy I really want to get to know because he, he, <laughs> I want to know what the heck he's always thinking about because he's never talking. 
man, I wish everyone would shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes it's like, come on, man, I'm trying to watch football here. but uh, Right. Well, you know, that's the old Dice Clay line. If you ask him, what are you thinking? He's going to say, well, if I wanted you to know, I'd be talking. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that. Yeah. See, you know, you strike me as such like a button-down disciplined guy, and there was like some talk about whether or not this team has enough of that discipline uh, going forward. Do you see it as an environment that is that needs a little bit of uh, tightening up? No, not at all. I think as a defensive player, you don't – I mean, you want to be tightened up as far as your responsibilities and everything, but you want to play loose. Right. And that's what this time of year is to – get all the little things that we need to get buttoned up, buttoned up. But when it's time to play, you can't be thinking about, oh, I can't mess up on this. Play. Right. You have to be playing with the quote-unquote swag that, that just gets everybody energized because if you're playing way too uptight, uh, you're, you're going to lose. I, gotta, asked, I was going to ask him, you got a sack dance for this year? I know you did some flossing <laughs> last year. No, I haven't thought of anything yet. No? We'll have to see what comes to mind. I might try to bring on a trademark or something this year. You got to do it, man. You should talk to Kiesel about it. He was always good about that. Yeah, maybe I will. You know, uh, last year I remember asking you if you had a sense of what Steeler Nation really was. And you're, if I remember correctly, you were, you were saying like, yeah, this is just amazing. There's people everywhere and everywhere I go. I get it. Has it dawned on you even more so how important, how much, uh, uh, how, how deep these colors run for Steeler country? Yeah, and I think um, I, I got a house here now and I, I live up in the North Hills area and I see just Pittsburgh people everywhere, Steelers Nation everywhere, <laughs> black and yellow everywhere, and people are always stopping me in the grocery store just saying, good yeah. luck this Sunday, I hope the season goes great. And then I go home and I see so much Steelers stuff that I never saw before because right. I never was really thinking about it. I was all Green Bay and Houston. So now now that I'm focused on it, I see it a lot more. I go on vacation, I see Steelers stuff <laughs> oh, everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, Pittsburgh will it truly you. is crazy. They're everywhere. Did you see that the guy the Pirates uh, picked up Archer? He showed up yesterday wearing an AB jersey. I saw that. I saw that. Uh, yeah. Good for him. Hopefully it'll Smart be 90 sometime. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. TJ Watt, hey, man, thanks so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Thank you, Pittsburgh guys. Steelers training camp, St. Vincent College in Lake Trobe on your home of the black and gold 102.5 DVE. It is the DVE morning show. Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford, Val Porter, Mike Pursuit, broadcasting live from Steelers training camp to tape here at uh, the uh, the confines where the Steelers have set up camp for 52 years. And joining us right now, the 2018 first round draft choice of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Terrell Edmonds. It's great to meet you, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. Man, I have to tell you, we've talked to your coach. We talked to your quarterback mm-hmm. and everybody is saying this is a good guy. He's busting his butt and he's got a he's you know, the real deal he's the real deal uh a lot of pressure on you coming in uh as the first round draft choice do you feel any of it or are you just football minded right now honestly i say i'm just football minded i'm just trying to go out there put everything on tape put positive things on tape just go out and help the team the best way i can regardless yeah. of what position they put me in do yeah. you feel any pressure when you're getting ready to sit down and do an interview and your head coach says say what's appropriate <laughs> uh, no 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 he always say that he always say uh, just just be truthful and don't say too much and don't say too little. So You know, yeah, one of the things we've been kicking around with Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin the last couple of days, the dinner before the draft, mm-hmm. your, your family had dinner with the Steelers people. Yes, sir. And both Kevin Colbert and, and Mike Tomlin said they kind of came out of that thinking, boy, he's our guy. You did not get the same feeling, like, well, the Steelers are going to draft me in the first round. Honestly, I'm not even going to lie to you. I was kind of like, Man, this really just now happened. Uh, my whole family's there, my brother's there, and like the whole staff is there. The the all the defensive coaches and everybody's there. So it's like it was a big moment for me. It was like my first time ever doing something like that. 
just on like a normal chill setting. So that was it was great. I had the thought that hopefully they might get me. I didn't know when or if they would in, at all. So um, I'm just blessed for the opportunity now. Is it How? true you were in the bathroom when you got drafted? I walked to the restroom. Yes, I was coming out All the right. restroom yeah. and he was calling me at the same time. So that's that's a truthful thought. That's yeah. truthful. But that goes that you weren't really expecting to be first round, right? You were mostly there to support your brother. No, because um, if if I was just there to support my brother, we would have left right after my brother's name was called. Because oh, okay. in the green room, after somebody's name is called, their family and everybody leave because mm -hmm. they go upstairs and they do interviews and then they just leave right, right after that. So uh, they've uh, Kevin Colbert and, and Coach Tomlin both talked about the great dinner they had with you and your family. W what did you eat at that dinner? Do you remember? What did I eat? I had um, honey barbecue wings for sure, and then I had some <laughs> I had some mozzarella sticks, and that's all I can remember. I wasn't trying to eat too heavy because we had that our pro day the next day, so I wasn't trying to eat too heavy, and I didn't want to show them that I ate bad. So. Wait a minute, wings Wait, and mozzarella sticks? Yeah, they, they, ordered, they ordered a lot of appetizers, so I was just going ahead and ate, uh, ate the appetizers. So I'm going to eat the uh, healthy wings. I'll yeah. have the uh, honey, honey barbecue. barbecue. <laughs> and the Diet Coke. They, they, were all, they were offering them, so you know I went ahead and right. did what I did. How yeah. many other dinners did you go to? Um, before the spring game, that was I had one more. I had one more before the spring game. I mean, so it doesn't game, it doesn't always get to that point. Like it's not like you go out for thirty two dinners. No, you don't go out to thirty two dinners. I went to a whole lot of like visits, like just on the journey through the draft process and everything. But the dinners right before the pro day, I only was on, I was only one to two. Did Did you have a lot of requests? And if so, how did the Steelers make the cut? Uh, they like, told me right after they talked to me at the uh, at the combine that they wanted to set up that. And I told my parents, and we had it set up just right then and So there. they made the reservations early. Real early. They, so it was already set table. in stone. It was already set in stone. So it was already told to my parents, and everybody already knew that, that I was going to eat with the Steelers that night. You okay. talked in OTAs about contact with other Virginia Tech guys that are in the league now and your family. And you said, hey, I, I had a feeling this wasn't going to be that big a transition from college. And you were looking forward to getting out here, putting the pads on, and really putting the pedal down. Has it? played out i know we're early in the process but has it played out as you thought do you still feel kind of right at home out there and i do feel right at home you um, got a handle on this yeah it's been nice so far everything's been nice now that you have the pads on you can really play your game work on your technique and everything so all the little holding calls and everything you can really tell while the reps are out there if you're holding or not because there's a whole lot of jersey pulling when you only have on t-shirt and shorts <laughs> but with the shoulder pads on you, you're a little bit more lenient out there so you can really do your thing and you got a couple picks i know you were talking in the spring i gotta get i gotta get some interceptions i was trying to get my hands on a few and i i actually got three now so far so i'm just trying to keep progressing every day so how much are you reacting and how much are you thinking out there right now how far away are you from being able to play more instinctually Honestly, I'm reacting 70%, still thinking about 30% because yeah. I don't know everything just like the back of my hand yet. Yeah. I'm still trying to learn everything. That's a pretty good ratio this early in the camp, though. Yeah, I'm, I've been moving pretty fast out there, I'd say. I've been trying to learn as much as I can, extra meetings with Coach, um, Coach Bradley and everything, TC. I'm just trying to learn everything the best way I can. Man, I mean, every time we hear about this defense, it's going to be so many moving parts and sub-packages and responsibilities that are going to be so much different. And you're going to be able to lay the hammer down and come in and, you know, you're hearing names like Troy Polamalu being invoked, like, oh, he would have fit in here on this defense. Is this going to be a return to a super hard-hitting Steeler defensive secondary? That's the plan. We're out here. We're trying to be great every day. 
Um, we don't want the offense to catch any any balls, but it's just a friendly competition. We're making each other better. Iron sharpens iron, and we're just out there competing every He's day. He's got the iron sharpens iron already. All I right. Love but, I love are it. Are the Tomlinisms starting to seep in? He's honest. He's honest. He tells us that every day, and, and <laughs> it sinks into your head. So that's that's all I think about. I got to go hard to make the person across from me better, and they're going hard against me. So we're, we're both getting better at the end of the day, and we're trying to get that seventh championship. Have you heard him say, we're going to die with our boots on, and what does that mean? He, he hasn't hit me with that one yet. Not yet. Not I mean, yet. That one is, is I don't know exactly what that means. He's been saying that Guy over the years. In battle. Like, you aren't going to give up. Like you're... So you'll probably say that before the first game. He didn't yeah. tell us that yet. So okay. he haven't said that yet. He should say, oh, like, spoiler don't alert, die. Like, I would just say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he haven't said that one yet. So um, we always ask young guys what their opinion of Steeler Nation and the support and the fans and all this tumult around here. But where you're coming from, you're kind of used to this, right? I, I made a comment about you on television, and I, it was just kind of a throwaway line. I said, people, you can call him a linebacker, you can call him a safety. I think he's a football player. And everybody from Virginia Tech somehow heard about that and retweeted it or referenced it on social media or, or mm-hmm. you know, posted the clip, and, and they're sending me congratulations for noticing that. Like, that is a crazy fan base. I had no idea yes. that they're so into it. Hokie Nation is amazing. And um, now coming to Stiller Nation, Stiller Nation is just on a whole wider scale than Hokie Nation. Like Hokie Nation, they show love, everything. They were always behind your back. They were at the game. If we were up by 30, if we were losing by 30, they're still going to be there to the end. And now Stiller Nation, I can see all the love and support from every day in camp. Everything's been amazing so far. I'm, I'm loving all the love and support, and I'm just ready to go out there and hopefully do well for them. First-round draft choice of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Terrell Evans. Thank you so much for your time, man. Best of luck this year. Thank you. Broadcasting live to tape from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe. It is the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show broadcasting live from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe, where we are joined right now down. by the... Down, down. By the... Set. It's too loud. 43. Joined right now. 22. We're in a silent count with Oklahoma. quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> We're going to do this entire Dilly interview Dilly. with hand signals. Uh, <laughs> uh, ben Roethlisberger, ladies and gentlemen, give him a round of applause. Yeah. You know why? Yeah. Because he's the quarterback. You That's your captain. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, now, first of all, you look skinny. So let me ask you how you lost all the weight. Jenny Craig? Tapeworm? <laughs> Did you guys have that plan before I came in here? No. Not at all. Cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, diet and exercise. Really? Yes. Fantastic. All right. So we're, uh, we fail at diet and exercise all the time. What was the diet uh, move that you made? No carbs, no sugars. No Just carbs? Hard. Yeah. Were you like cheat every once in a while? Like it's okay. Once a week. Once a week you get a cheat day. Oh, my God. So no sugar? Mm-mm. Not no even bread. like fruits. No fruits. Fruits have sugar. Honey. No beer? No beer. No pasta. <laughs> no pasta. No pasta. That was I know it was a killer burgers, pizza, all my favorite foods. So you're just crushing steaks and chicken. Vegetables and, and, and yeah. So you've been starving. Um it was very tough early. Um, you know, because your body like sugar is a drug. And yeah. I mm-hmm. always said I'm a fat kid at heart. Like I love my sweets. <laughs> I love pastas. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> and um so it was it was really, really hard uh the first week. Um but but you you start getting used to it and it's it's way easier now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you look agile on the field. Not that you didn't in the past, but uh, mm-hmm. more so than before. And I talked to uh, somebody yesterday who said that you look like 2005, Ben. 
Is it? I feel. I mean, I feel kind of. I mean, that was a long time. That's a lot of miles ago on the yeah. on the, the wheels. But um, I definitely feel lighter, healthier, better. Um, I think my arm feels stronger. Uh, I, I don't. Someone asked me the other day uh, in an interview, um, "How do I feel?" And I said, "I don't feel like I'm going down. Mm-hmm. You know, I still feel like like I'm going. I'm getting better." Yeah. So uh, Tom Brady has his own diet and exercise line, TB12. Is there any talk of a BR7 going forward? <laughs> no, no. I think we had to see how it uh, translates on the field. Right. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, Pittsburghers would embrace it. If you Pittsburgh, uh, no pierogies, no all the good stuff, no fries yeah. on the salads. I don't know if that would sell here. That wouldn't do very Actually, good Actually, yeah, you're right. I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> Probably be a bad idea. So tell us again about the Segway thing that you've been riding around camp. Oh, the golf board. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it's actually made for golf courses because you put your clubs around the front. Um, you know, I, I always have some kind of a vehicle to get me around here. Right. Uh, I used a quiet cat last year, and I didn't want to, to truck it here, so I, I asked uh, my agent to contact <laughs> them to see if they'd send one for me for camp, and they said, sure. So they sent it, and it's a fun way to get around. That thing's it? for golf? It's actually is for golf. Yeah, yes. you can Where see. Where do you put the case of beer? There's a cooler that goes in the back for you, Mike. <laughs> it really is. It, it's not on there, but there actually is a spot There's for a, a cooler hitch. on the back. <laughs> for trailers, <laughs> so that's not exactly flashy. It's very. Need, I'm not a flashy it's guy. It's practical. It gets me around, and actually, you know, you're not sitting down. You stand up on it. So yeah, you have, it's a little bit of a workout while you're going. Come on, it's not a workout. Yeah, well, you Come know what on. we're gonna do? Can I know you guys are on the radio? But I don't care. Is there a podcast? We'd love to sure. get you guys on that that's and fine. try it. I'll do it. All right, I'll ace that thing. Marchinski, you guys know Marchinski. He, oh, yeah. he got on it the other day, and the person he hit a curb right away. <laughs> <laughs> so. Sorry, everybody that sent that to me. No players have gotten on it, though? Anybody else trying it? Um, I haven't seen anybody else on it yet. It's a secret, like, how to get it started. Yeah. If I let them know how to do it, then they might take it, and then I'd be walking. All right. Well, after we're done with this, all right, we'll take that thing for a spin. Perfect. All right, so how are things going in the Randy Feekner era? Great. It is the Feekner era. It we is. just did a relationship <laughs> test, by the way, on the on the show before you were here, yeah. and you and Randy Feekner seem to it's going to work out well. Yeah. How yeah. did you guys do that? It was just a series of questions that determined it was for a romantic relationship, but then we we just transferred it <laughs> over to quarterback think, and and because we needed to it make based it football. In friendship. We're here. Gotcha. Are you guys willing to work through the hard times together? Yes. Well, we, we have we, the we same goals. Same goals. One another. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you so. see the best in the other person? Do yeah, you like to so. cuddle? Those oh, you're willing to work through the tough times. <laughs> okay. No, it was huddled. You like to oh, huddle? Oh, huddle. huddle. Yeah, huddle. That's <laughs> right. what it was. Totally I can different. I can see it. I mean, it's um, you know, people ask. You just ask. What's it like? It's to me, it doesn't feel any different because it's the same dynamic it's been. You know, him and I work so closely together because he's been my quarterback coach. So when a play's over or whatever, I'm talking to him just like I would have the last eight years or whatever it's been. So right, right now, it doesn't feel any different, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a good thing. I think it's. Um, you know, that that transition needs to be as smooth as possible, and so far it has been. So uh, I asked James Conner earlier, I was like, uh, so w- tell me about the offense. Has it changed? Like, is the terminology different? He's like, I- I'm not I'm not allowed to say Ben doesn't. I'm not ben allowed said to say I can't talk about He, like, that. straight up got scared. <laughs> I go, did he really tell you <laughs> no. that you can't? And he said, no, but I heard him on an interview say that he didn't want to talk about it, so I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Quick learn. And then he blinked yeah, a couple times, <laughs> and I don't know what that was, if he was sending out an SOS. Well, it's it's one of those things where – do you say that nothing's changed knowing who we played the first game? Right. Do you say that everything's changed? So we just throw a lot of different curveballs at everybody and leave dilly them dilly. guessing. Yeah, dilly dilly. And all that. Mm-hmm. Now, he also said that you're making him grow his hair like that. I, I ask him every day. When I, when I saw him at camp, I said, so that's the look we're going with this year. <laughs> and um, I, he, he told me the name of it. Did he tell you the name of it? 
Well, I forget. He said it was a mullet, but it's not a mullet. No, it's, it's like a, it's like a European. I asked Al, Al said that's a big look in Europe, like a European look. Of some it sort. looks like it's a mohawk that goes down mulletishy. So it's like a mullet hawk. Yeah, a, it looks a, like a B pan said of lasagna a good look. back there. A B said it's a, a good B look. Said that, that it's that, definitely that, a bad look. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. But yeah, so I guess I thought it was maybe to protect the back of his head, like concussion type thing. I don't know. <laughs> extra cushion. So, yeah, extra cushion back there. But I don't know. It is. A, it's an interesting look. <laughs> oh, did the doctors tell you to grow it like that? Oh, that's an interesting look. So he's getting a ton of reps because Lev isn't here, and it's the second year in a row Lev isn't here, and of course it didn't affect him in the long run. But he get, he was a little rusty out of the gate. So do you think that? James Conner is going to see the ball a little bit more in the first couple of weeks. I think it'd be smart. I think it'd be prudent. I think we, we kind of tried some of it last year, and I don't know that James was as ready as he is now. Right. Um, he's looking great. You know, everyone wants to know what's it like not having Le'Veon out here. I think it's a great opportunity for these guys to get reps, for them to get a feel for the line, for the line to get a feel for them because, mm-hmm. you know, they're hit. These guys, these backs hit it a lot faster than Le'Veon. We all know Le'Veon's style. He dances. He likes to kind of to pick and choose his holes. These guys are hitting it downhill. So the linemen have to get used to that. Um, I thought um, Ridley is having a great camp. He's hitting downhill hard, and he's he's. I told him that yesterday. I said, "You look more comfortable in this offense too, because obviously he came late last year as well. You can tell, you can see the comfort, you can see the way he's running. Um, he's a veteran. He is, and 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 I I complimented on that that that, that you can see some big steps. So I think this time that Le'Veon's not here is great for those guys, and I think it's going to be good for for all of us in the long run. Um, and hopefully it is. It, it kind of, we can ease Le'Veon into a little yeah. bit more than we did last year. Well, I don't know if you saw, but he released video of one of his workouts the other day, and it seems like he's been practicing running behind blockers and everything's going mm-hmm. great. Just, okay. so you, just so you know, I know you're not paying <laughs> yep. attention to that stuff. I am not on social media. I assume it's a social media thing. It was, yeah. uh, it was all over the internet. Yeah, yeah. But Which like, I don't even tell looks like he's much anymore. preparing for the Wildcat. He is, indeed. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, as you are now in your, how many? Is it 12? 15. 15. Jeez. Yeah. So you have spent more than a year. More than a year here. Out here at St. Vincent College in La Trobe. Mm-hmm. Many necessary changes <laughs> have been made. But do you like the sort of Spartan conditions out here? Not, you know, it's not like uh, Jerry Jones probably wouldn't dig La Trobe. Right. Um, yeah, the dorm. <laughs> I mean, going into the yes. dorms, the, the cinder block rooms. Yeah. The, yeah, it's um, – it, I don't look forward to it, but, you know, you kind of – it's one of those things now that's just become such a tradition. You know, you, you've been coming here for so long. Um, it, it, it's kind of fun. You know, obviously you, you miss being home with the family and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's it still does have its neat points to come here. Yeah, and you've been pretty engaged out there for a long time. Uh, I've always noticed you talking to receivers before and after routes or making points with guys. The other day it was a little louder and it seemed a little more <laughs> – uh, of an admonishing nature, you just started screaming at the wide receivers as a group. Uh, what set you off? Um, I just felt like it was a um, a little thing that we have all preached over and over. Um, just it's something as simple as just getting your eyes back. You need to find me. You can't be running, at, you know, thirty yards downfield not looking for the ball. And um, you know, I'd, I'd already talked about it. We, we we preach almost every day, and it happened a couple times in a row there. And I just kind of got tired of it and every once in a while you guys know me I'm not really I don't really get on guys that often I I try and I pride myself in in not being a screamer but yeah that seemed atypical and I think sometimes it it has to happen um it was I was frustrated because it's something that I feel that um, they know better and um so I just they they all got the point I talked to them the next day and told them listen guys I hope you guys understand this is nothing personal and they're all like no no we, we we get it we 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 needed it so it was um 
a necessary evil sometimes. I yeah, guess. it looked like it was one of those days. The one kid, number 14, lined up on the wrong side the one time, <laughs> and then you threw the corner, and A.B. ran the post, and it just looked like one thing after another. Yeah, just sometimes those those days happen. You know, you're, you're going to get them, and, and especially whether it's being new up here, it's a grind, it's a dog day, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes those days happen, and, and it was one of those days. Jesse James had a good day yesterday. Seemed like it. You, you doubting that? No, no, I'm just trying to think through like what like where i'm going yeah i like when you because i never know when you start talking no i like gonna go. yeah i'm gonna be like do you think he'll kneel for the anthem <laughs> no uh, <laughs> uh no you know i i like when we utilize the tight end in the office and if we got a couple of them that are effective the blocking he was yeah he was watching. really picking up blocks yesterday you know he's doing yeah. great and everything the coach is all over it no our, our tight end play is going to be key for us um it, it has been in the past when i first got here we had we've had one of the best that's ever played, in my opinion. And then, um, you know, we've we got Vance, and he, he's another year into this thing. Jesse, um, I think X is doing some great things. So, the tight end position is is truly a um, kind of a key cog to this wheel. It always has been, and I think we need to get back to having um, kind of a dominant playmaker there. Yeah. What about the young kid? Which one? The uh, Washington. There's like seventy of them out there. <laughs> the kid who like he fights like he catches everything he goes up for washington yeah um i haven't thrown a pass to him yet so i'm not sure oh he's got to he's got to earn his way onto the field with the ones i would say that's why i'll just i'll leave it at that he's got to earn his way up there there's a lot of guys ahead of him right now yeah and he's making some plays but um you know you, you've got to you've got to make more plays you've got to do more things you've got to be even better to be able to crack the field and get on there with the ones to go against ones you know yeah ones against ones in the, in, in training camp you know, Hunter making a splash twos. that way? He is. He's doing I think he's doing some really good things. Um, obviously, AB's AB. Juju's doing good stuff when he's out there. So um, I think he'll get a shot. But right now, um, the other guys are playing too well. Yeah. Well, that's a good, good problem to have. Good problem to have. Great problem. Mason Rudolph seems to be throwing to him a lot. Yes. <laughs> they've got a great connection. Almost like they know each other. <laughs> I think they've got a good feel. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. How many more years are you going to do it? I have no idea. Come on, just say a number. Just say a number. Yeah. Ten. There you go, Steeler fans. Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Ten more years of Steeler football. And no. you know, they'll never say that he laughed after. No, I remember talking <laughs> to you, though, a couple years ago. And uh, and I didn't think that you wanted to play a whole lot longer at the time. Right. And so when you made that comment that, you know, it was like, you know, so controversial. I was telling people, I'm like, dude, he's been saying this. Yeah. Like, he's been talking about, he's not sure. Mm-hmm. And and now it seems like you've come back out of that whole experience and you're more committed to it than than you were maybe a couple of years before that. Well, I think it, it always helps when the, when you see the group of guys you have around you. You yeah. know, if I, if I was coming back to it, I'd really have to consider strongly coming back to a one-in-something team with, you know, whatever. Like, And I know that... Um, you never know what kind of team you're going to have, but but when you you can see, I've been around long enough. I think we all have seen football long enough to know that you've got a chance to be a pretty good football team. Mm-hmm. That that is one thing that keeps you coming back. When you've got those five guys in front of me, that's a, that help keep me healthy. Yeah, that's another thing that keeps you coming back. The talent, um, the comfort level with with you know coaches, things like that. So right. um, once I get to the season, it's it's only one season. You know, I'm, I am focused on this season, this season only. I'm not looking forward to anything more than this. Mm-hmm. But when the season's over, it's one of those things, that, okay, I'll evaluate, see how my body feels. Because truly, one of the biggest factors on playing more is health, right? You've got to yeah. be healthy. If 
heaven forbid, if, um, you know, if I suffer a catastrophic injury, then it might be it. So I can't say I'm going to play two, three, four, five, ten years. Yeah, but that's why know. you dropped the weight, right? Like it's one of the reasons, yeah, to, to, to be healthier, to be better, I think, not just for football, but in life, don't we all need to be healthier, No, for right? sure. But it helps being healthier when you play football. And so as you get older and, and you know, you're 15 years in, you're 36 years old, um, taking care of your body requires sacrificing the fun foods that you want to eat and, yeah. and those kind of things. So I'm fully committed, and I, you know, that was part of my way of showing Steeler Nation, showing the Rooney's coaches and my teammates, because even my teammates were like, dude, what happened? Like, you look yeah. good, you know? <laughs> right. I wanted to show that, that I am as, as committed as I can be. For me to give up my favorite foods Yeah, because the goalposts have moved. Because now you're, like, fans are like, expecting that from you, that if you don't dedicate yourself 100% all the time, and that means, like, oh, do you want to win? Well, then you can't eat uh, pizza three right. times a week and in it, the offseason. I know, and it, it, it did not mean ever before that I wasn't. No. I've been so committed to all this stuff, and I, I love this game. I love this team. I love the fans. Right. It was just I felt like it was the right thing to do and the right time to do it um, to, to really just get my body um, as prepared as it can be. How much of it was sending a message to your teammates, or was that just all collateral benefit? Um, a little bit of both. You know, it was, it was, I wanted to send a message to the Roonies, to the, to the fans, to, to my teammates, to everybody that, like, when I came to camp, because a lot of the guys hadn't seen me in months, right? and I knew when I was coming to camp that I wanted them to be like, oh, boy. Like, I wanted them to, like, just like yeah. they did, some of those guys pouncing, some of those guys got this smile on their face, like, Holy cow! Like he's who's that new guy? <laughs> <laughs> who's the new quarterback? So who's no, that's that what I guy? wanted, <laughs> and it, I think it worked so far. But but that doesn't that's not going to translate to wins necessarily. You know, just because I've in the best shape of my life and I did all these things, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden we're going to go win a Super Bowl. But I think I got myself in as good a position as I can to help. Ben Roethlisberger, quarterback, Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's go ride that thing. All right, let's do it. Thanks so much for your time today. We're continuing to broadcast live to tape for you from Steelers training camp here in St. Vincent College. Lay trobe on your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers 102.5 DVE. It's the DVE Morning Show broadcasting live from Steelers training camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Joined right now by head coach, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Coach Mike Tomlin. Coach C, good to see you. What's up? How you guys doing? We're doing great. great. I mean, it's camp. What's not to love about it? I was out of practice yesterday, and just the smell of the wet dirt and grass I, I would agree, um, you know, but I'm probably in the minority, man. I love it. <laughs> I love it up here. The process is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, uh, you were getting in, involved yesterday, and I, and I liked how uh, I saw you, like, there were a couple of high school kids walking by, and you make mention of them, and you, like, uh, you know, that had to, like, make their day. I was thinking of that, like, God, can you imagine being a kid getting recognized the by the coach? And it's cool how the Steelers organization, not only with, like, the close association with where Pitt's there, but so many high school kids get a chance to come out and see how a professional operation is done. Uh, that, that, that pays off for generations. You know, I just wanted to believe we have an opportunity and obligation to pay it forward. We all remember what it's what it was like to be in that group of kids yeah. to 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 maybe be in close proximity to the guys that you dreamed of being like. And mm. more than anything, we want to give those guys an opportunity to know that we're not aliens. We know different than they are. We dreamed like they dreamed, and and we follow the process of work. And so. Take um, a helicopter to work just like they do. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's how it goes. Well, you know, along the lines of the helicopter thing, there's been much made about whether or not there's too many distractions here. And do you think that it's because there's such a focus on the Steelers that these things in Steeler Nation and in Steeler media are exacerbated 
because they exist within our family. But if you look around the league, isn't there? Uh, d- doesn't each team have their own distractions to deal with? Are we that much out of the norm? You know, um, th- I think there's the perception of distractions, and then there's distractions. Sometimes what seems to be a big story or a distraction outside the locker room is doesn't register on the radar within the locker room. And so we realize there's a certain fanfare and attention that comes with being uh, with this organization. Um, But, you know, many of those things are are non-stories to us, Mm -hmm. to be quite honest with you. The fact that A.B. showed up in a helicopter is a (laughs) non-story two minutes after the the helicopter landed. But you guys are still talking about it because it's interesting. But I promise you, um, it hadn't been mentioned in or around or within our football team uh, two minutes after the helicopter landed other than when we're answering questions from you guys. Right. And so that's what I mean. Um, Uh It's a non-story. So many of them. Uh, so many of the things are non-stories for us. Um, we got a, a job to do from a preparation standpoint, and that's that's what really draws our attention, and, and, and appropriately so. So you think it is, because it's interesting, there's so much discussion about media and the responsibility right now in our, in our culture today. When it comes to sports media, uh, it, you know, he comes to, to camp in a helicopter. They're going to report. I mean, the reason he's doing it is to get attention. But sure. where is the line in your mind for these types, not just the, the helicopter, but anything? Where does the media's responsibility have to kick in where they stop it from becoming something else? Isn't it just Steeler fans take hey, it and run with it? I, I, that's not my role in this ecosystem. My role is to coach this team, and I worry very <laughs> little about media responsibilities and ramifications of a helicopter landing story dragging on too long. I could care less. And um, I believe that those that play share that same sentiment. Yeah. You know, um, it's just, it's just part of, part of our day to answer questions relative to that. But man, it is a, it is not a topic or even a thought within the group. So it's not the things that you do have to pay attention to. There are a whole lot of moving parts this year. They were here last year and defensively, things are really going to look different for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Am I right? Yeah, I'm excited about it, you know. Um, Multiple personnel packages um, to highlight some of the depth and and athleticism that's going to be required on the field on possession downs. You know, being thoughtful about replacing the talent that is Ryan Shazier from that perspective. Um, Sometimes that animal is not going to look like a linebacker or wear a linebacker number. But we've got a lot more candidates that are capable of doing some of those things. Safeties that have spun down and played linebacker-like positions in sub-package ball, whether it's Morgan Burnett, uh, who did it in Green Bay, or whether it's uh, Edmonds, who did it at Virginia Tech. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm excited about that mix and how that might uh, change our look and and some of the things that we're able to do um, in possession down. So um, you know how it is. Uh, You're continually adjusting and evolving. Uh, We got some new components. We got some new challenges in terms of replacing the unique talents of Ryan Shazier. It all creates an interesting and exciting environment. We had Kevin Colbert on yesterday, and he talked about the dinner you guys had with the Edmonds family before the draft. And he said you came away thinking, boy, that's probably our guy. Did you feel that way? And if so, what what made that impression on you? You know, we, 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 we had that same sentiment in that, you know, the floor is extremely high on those two kids we were sitting there having dinner with, he and his brother. And we knew that if either one of those guys were on the board, that we would feel really comfortable taking them. And I think that's what he, would, he meant by that. When you sit uh, and break bread with 
you know, a family and you, you watch these two guys after having studied them from a scouting standpoint. So you know all the football-related things. You got their height, weight, speed, the measurables. You've seen their tape and, and so forth. So the last kind of component is you spend some informal time with them and you just see how they were raised, their mentality, not only about football but about life, uh, their relationships with their parents, how they interact with one another. It's just, you know, it was the icing on the cake for us, man. You just really had a, a high level of comfort about about those guys and 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 their you know potential to be able to navigate uh, these waters. That's professional football. Did you ever have a dinner with a guy in that kind of situation and sign the check and think, no way, he's not the guy. Absolutely, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to name names. Right. You know what I mean? We'll talk no, about but, the great but, dinners. But that can't be a deal breaker, right? <laughs> you know, it just you know it all. I think. I, I think it all kind of paints a pretty pretty solid picture. I'm not going to pretend to tell you that I went to dinner was completely shocked by maybe a negative dinner. I going into the dinner, I knew it was <laughs> right. potential that the dinner could be negative, <laughs> and they may have confirmed it with an, with an exclamation point. Um, but it's all kind of a putting together a, a complete package and understanding. That's one of the things I really appreciate about getting a chance to come alongside Kevin that time of year, man, um, because – you know, they've been working at it. They leave here. Those scouts leave here in the next few days or so, man, and they're out gathering information and laying a great foundation for our next draft. And, you know, myself and other coaches get on board kind of in February and in March. And then, boy, we start that critical process of combine and pro days and stuff like that. But it, it so that's what I mean. That dinner is a culmination of not only you know a short-term gathering of information, but a long-term gathering of information. So um, it, those are those are good, important things. You have the potential to walk away feeling the way we felt after the Edmund dinner because it is, you know, a pretty extensive body of work. The other thing I wanted to ask you about in this interview, uh, you arrived 12 years ago, pretty enthusiastic, right? Self-proclaimed football junkie, and you bound around the field and, and you're barking at everybody and joking and, you know, correcting a guy here, praising a the guy there, going all the position groups. I keep waiting. We're 12 years in. I keep waiting to go to an OTA, a mini camp practice, or a training camp practice where you're thinking, uh, not into it today. Hasn't happened yet. Is, is this going to go on indefinitely? And when it does, let me know, man. That's when it's time for me to go fishing or something. But I don't even know what cliche to use because I don't have any other hobbies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, you know, this is what I love. It's always been what I love. So I mean, there's just not an ounce of this that's gotten old or weary or burdensome to you. So many of the variables change that it never gets stale for me. You know, I'm a puzzle guy, man, crossword puzzle, Sudoku, what have you. You know, I do the daily Sudoku. Um, football is like that for me. And the variables of it change so often that I could be doing the same thing, but it's not stale. Uh, the players are different. The challenges are different. The, the trends within the game are different. The points of emphasis from an officiating standpoint are different. Um, players are evolving, ascending, descending, that, finding that mix. Um, it's a big crossword puzzle, man. It's stimulating uh, every day. You talked about uh, Ryan Shazier, the void uh, on the field. I saw him at practice yesterday, and I was amazing, blown away seeing uh, how far he's come. And uh, if you could talk a little bit about what his presence means here and what he's able to contribute. Yeah. Um, you know, he and I had lunch uh, yesterday, and uh, we were talking just about that because I, you know, I don't know how to eloquently um, express what his presence means to us and 
here and all of that um, because we know where he's been. You know, we, we were a part of the process. He and Michelle allowed us to be a part of the process. We've seen it. Um, my words doesn't, you know, doesn't give it its just due, man. Um, that guy is an incredible guy, but we kind of knew that before the injury. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of confirmation. Um, he's a special dude. We're, we're glad he's here. Um, man, uh, he, he's a special guy. That's really all I can say. Um, I don't know that I could really give your listener an adequate um, understanding of what he's been through, what we've been able to see, um, how he's shaped and, and impacted all of us and people that he's come across, how he's been inspired by others, not only locally but worldwide. Man, um, sometimes, man, unfortunate circumstances create unique opportunities and, and things of that nature. And he's a smart enough guy and an open enough, uh, open enough guy to realize those things. Um, he, he had never felt sorry for himself in the big scheme of things. Sure. He's had days like, man, this is miserable. Yeah. But, um, he just a unique, special guy. Well, uh, you might not be able to, to quantify that, but you can definitely quantify the success of the offense last season. Switching uh, uh, offensive coordinators, well-documented as to why that's all gone down. Now with Randy Feekner and Ben Roethlisberger, which seems like it's going to be more of a symbiotic uh, relationship, especially for Ben, who, who we uh, spoke to earlier, and he was talking about that. Is it Randy calling the, the shots, or are the two of them working together by committee here? You know, Ben plays quarterback. Randy's the offensive coordinator. Um, by the nature of today's NFL, sure, certainly, um, you know, quarterbacks make some calls from time to time. And Ben, with the experience and talents that he has, that's a part of it. But, you know, that's a funny question to us. You know, that guy works after hours, man, to coordinate right. game plans and stuff. He's the offensive coordinator. Well, I think the perception is that there's there are some off- offensive coordinators who are a little more, not dictatorial, but they will call all the shots a a lot with of, input from the quarterback a lot versus it, the quarterback calling the shots with The it. variables are very much a component of that. I mean, if you got a young quarterback, man, you just want him to worry right. about playing the game. If you got a guy that's new to a system, you want him to be worried about playing the game. If you have lack of continuity between staff or players, then that, you know, when you look at the components of what we do, you know, it's very natural, man. Randy's been here. Uh, going on 12 years, he's coached wideouts, he's coached quarterbacks. Now he's pre- progressing to be the offensive coordinator. Ben has been here that entire time. They've had intimate relationships over the course of that time. So, you know, it's a very natural thing that certainly there's going to be input. But certainly Randy's got a very defined job to do, as does Ben. And Randy's job is offensive coordinator, and he'll do it, do a great job of it. Like there was a lot of uh, explosive games in the playoffs last year high scoring can you still play defense in this league uh, or, or does defense come down to what the eagles did make one splash play at a critical time you know i think that's one of the things that's really exciting about ball and you talked about being excited all the time over the course of 12 years because trends and stuff man are real like you know this this thing is changing how the game is being officiated being ruled out the points of emphasis really affect you know, play and strategy, particularly when you're talking about when the road gets narrow, January ball. Um, so it cannot be stale because that is a very real thing. Um, you know, this, you know, these new rules for this year, you know, the new rules with the kickoff, man, that's going to be, you know, potentially impactful. Um, the lowering the head to deliver a blow and how that affects uh, players and games and, 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 and how, how the thing develops could be, 
potentially impactful. Um, points of emphasis in terms of contact down the field between receivers and defensive backs could be impactful. Those are chunks of yards type plays, game-changing plays. You get a 30-yard DPI, that changes possession. That possession could change the outcome of a game. So um, all of that is interrelated. Um, it didn't, you know, um, s- slip by me in terms of how how it played out last year. I don't think it slipped by any of us, and I think that we're all kind of positioning ourselves to, you know, um, to, to combat that. You know, I was talking about the – the multitude of defensive back, sub-package personnel groups, and so forth. Um, you know, everybody, I'm sure, is delving into that because you better do something to slow down, you know, the, the vertical attacks that are going on in, in football today. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot less risky or power position to throw the ball vertically down the middle of the field than it used to be because those guys aren't being knocked out the way they used to be <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of trends, man, that, um, that really keep the job, you know, fresh and, and me on edge that I really love and enjoy. All those changes and uh, your many years here, you talked about how it never gets old. One thing that never changes is the response of Steeler fans who come out here to uh, yeah. Latrobe. And I'm wondering if you ever kind of catch yourself not taking for granted, but maybe just realizing like, oh, my God, look how many people are listening to that crowd. Because it amazes me when I come out here because I'm not here every day. The first thing I think when I come out to, to St. Vincent College to see you guys uh, in training camp is I can't believe how many fans are here. These people are crazy. Yeah, You know, the thing about it is, you know, I'm – I'm a husband and father and so forth. And I look at it from that perspective, man. These guys are, are these family vacation. Yep. Yep. It's family mm-hmm. vacation. No so question. when you look at it from that perspective, how can you not appreciate it, man? Like it's family vacation, man. These guys took time off, man. They got in the car, they loaded kids up, man. This hotel stays. I mean, this is family vacation. Like, you know, Hey, where you want to go? Disney World, Steeler Training Camp. Like these these people <laughs> actually want to come to Steeler Training yeah. Camp, man, for vacation, man. How could you not be in awe of that and respect that and that turn you on? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's an awesome thing. You know, my kids wouldn't want to come to Steeler Training Camp for vacation, <laughs> but they're they're spoiled. They're my kids. Right. <laughs> I, I said before, if they had a black and gold sandals resort here, it would be it would be sold out every summer for a solid month. Because this is just. I mean, I want to bring my kids up because I always say this is like coming out to a job site to see a foundation being poured. You're seeing the footprint of what's going to be this season, what's going to be new about it, and and to be able to be, you know establish an emotional connection with this iteration of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, it's a cool thing. Um, like, you know, I sign autographs after, um, and to, like, people will bring pictures from, like, hey, you took this picture in 08 with my boy. He was eight. Now he's got a beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I'm serious. I, t- I took another picture with a guy. I say a guy because now he's got a beard, but he showed me the picture from 08, man. I was leaning over, taking a picture with him. And so that's, how can you not appreciate stuff like that, man? Um, You know, it's it's an awesome thing. Well, we're hoping uh, 2018 is an awesome thing. And uh, best of luck to you. Thanks for spending so much time with us this morning. We appreciate man, no it. Problem, I know man. your time is valuable, uh, and the DV listeners appreciate it, too. Best man, of luck, appreciate, Coach. appreciate you guys. Appreciate the listeners. Thank you. Right on. Thank you so much. Broadcasting live to tape from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Lake Trobe, on your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DV. Difference. It is the DV Morning Show broadcasting live to tape from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Lake Trobe. And joining us right now, one of the newest members of 
the Pittsburgh Steelers coaching staff, but no stranger to Western Pennsylvania football, Coach Tom Bradley. Coach! I used to work with you guys. Come on now. Now you you're know, coach. Where's, where's Fred and Mike? Like, we, you know, Former 970 <laughs> analyst? Yes, yes yeah. exactly right. Mike, don't get any ideas. This doesn't mean your next step is secondary coach. <laughs> well, see how he does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll do the jokes here. Come on, let's go. <laughs> First of all, for so long, Steeler fans have been clamoring to get you as a part of this team. And uh, now the day is finally coming. I'm thrilled for you, and I'm thrilled for the Pittsburgh Steelers to have you back here. And this is going to be a pretty exciting, dynamic defense. The secondary is going to play the key role in uh, in what will be different about last year. Can you clue us in on how much, how many moving parts, what kind of sub package stuff? Yeah, everybody we're keeps seeing? talking about all these sub packages that you know, Coach Tom and Coach Butler, are, you know, and different things going on. And right now, we haven't really got into a any of that because we're trying to figure out who's going to play where and with the injury situations and just getting guys to know what we're doing in a lot of our base packages. So how that will go about, I'm sure, will be week-to-week game plan situations, what you want to use. I don't you know, whether it's going to be a staple or not, you know, it's going to depend on who we're playing. But did you not sneak a couple, three plays of uh, seven DBs a couple yeah, days we, ago? I think it's one of the things Coach just wants to work on substitution with the fact of getting organized what's going on on the sideline. The easiest way to do that is with the seven in so that we're all on the same page, what everybody's doing. And and one of the good things for us to do that is a, a position flexibility that now not only does a guy know what he's doing at the corner, but he's got to know the dime, the nickel. They all got to learn three different places. So a lot of it is just for, if we're only if we're working just two groups, the third group that we have might not get to work. But mentally, when we're in the meetings, they're they're doing it mentally. So you tell me this is just to get on and off the field thing? No, it's more than that. I'm I, I didn't mean to uh, to just uh, not make it out to something more. It's a chance for us to get some guys in there to see them do different things. Can they do different things? And that's the easiest way for us to do it is to go with the, uh, you know, if we have seven guys in the backfield, some of them got to be linebackers and see if they can do it. And then from there, we'll work it from there. If, 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 it's, if it's doable, we'll do it. Uh, from a talent assessment standpoint, Coach, we talked with uh, your first-round draft choice, Terrell Edmonds, and, boy, I mean, pretty pretty special kid. T- tell us about what you see from him on the field. Well, you know, one of the things, he's a, he's a quick study. He's a quick learner. He wants to be good. He's uh you know, he's in his playbook all the time. Uh, he's a guy that, um, got, you know, as you know, his family history, uh, and I'll share this with you. We were down at, uh, when we went to Virginia Tech with him, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about where he comes from. And, and uh, uh, Kevin Colbert invited their family to come to, to meet. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously we had our eyes on him at some point if he was available or his brother. So we're sitting at the, um, at the, at the dinner at a restaurant, and his father, of course, played in the NFL. His other brother played in the NFL. The other brother was a first-round draft right. pick as a young guy, and then Terrell's a first-round pick. And his mom was there, and the food came to the table, and all she said was, boys, and they immediately went down and said grace. Wow. <laughs> no one asked anything, you know. Wow. So, I mean, you're talking about a kid that's been brought up in a, in a way that uh, uh, very respectful, and I think you probably saw that when you had him on the show here earlier. Yeah, you know, he's the great. kind of young Definitely. man that he is. I mean, he's he's got a lot about him that's, uh, you know, it's a uh, – you know, it's one of those things that uh, he's got a lot of things about him, uh, not just football-wise. You know, he's got a lot of great character, too. Seems to One of those things seems to be confidence without cockiness. That'd yeah. Probably a great way to put it. I mean, he, he's very he's a very prideful young man when he goes about his business. If you watch how he carries himself on the field and he wants to play well, uh, you don't hear, you know, he does what he's supposed to do. 
he's not a chatter guy with everything else going on. He's focused completely on his football. Um, you know, he's been really fun to coach. Uh, it's been interesting to watch how he interacts with the players. Uh, he's been, um, you know, much more than even I expected him to be. And we had done some good research on him because I had, I had uh, worked with a guy that had worked with him, and he said he's special. And uh, he's got just some great qualities about him. The whole family does. If you're around him, you can you can sense it from, uh, you know, the whole the whole group. Uh, Joe Hayden coming in last year. He has the benefit this year of spending more time with the team and having the spring. Artie Burns has publicly said where he wants to get better. Where do you assess the corners uh, right now on this team? Where in your mind, because you you know you weren't here last year to coach them. Has yeah, everybody all- starts with a fresh slate. I wasn't yeah. here. I I look at last year's tape. I'm not gonna. You know, belabor what went on last year. That's last year. It's in the past. We're all getting a fresh start here. Uh, Joe Hayden's been a pro's pro since the day I met him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't ask for more than Joe Hayden from a standpoint of uh, it's not odd for Joe to sit and after a meeting and talk technique. Hey, what do you think? What do you know? And he's a, you know he's a vet, and and yeah. yet he's been very. Uh, if you watch him go about his business every day, uh, a complete professional. Um, you know, already is, t- is starting to take some great pride in some of the things he he's been doing. We missed him yesterday. You know, he he had a little bit of a, a groin thing. You know, uh, he'll be should be back today, ready to go. But uh, I've sensed him getting better and better. Uh, once again, I you know you, I think at corner, you've got to have a, a short memory. You know, because uh, confidence has a shelf life; it needs right. replaced. Mm-hmm. And corners are going to have issues. A lot of things come up. I mean, one of the things you don't see is. At corner, everything shows uh, when they get beat or something happens, and and it sticks out. You might not know when an interior or linebacker is not doing what they're supposed to because you don't you don't see it as much. And even in the secondary, you know, things happen that really aren't their fault. You know, maybe someone's supposed to roll over the top, or there's different things yeah. going on. But you know, they're they're on uh, they're on a split second decisions out there. You know, and it's uh you know it's difference between being on the on you know ESPN highlights or you know being yeah. on the low light side of it. So <laughs> it's a, it's not a you know, it's it's a it's a very challenging place. It's an interesting position to play. Uh, it's a lonely position out there. Yeah. Okay, you know, and, and it's one of the things. If you're going to be good, you know, you've got to have good corner play. Yeah, well, uh, armchair quarterbacks are are oftentimes completely 100 percent wrong about who's to blame on a big play like that. And with the evolving defenses, I can imagine that that's only going to uh, increase the amount of. Uh, False. Uh, yeah, it's, it know, comes up at times. You know, I've seen you know? it happen. You know, over my forty years here now coaching, where someone gets blamed for something I know it wasn't his fault. Right. The team knows it wasn't his fault. And yeah. Someone else has taken a hit. You know, publicly that that it happened. Uh, it's a really fun group to work with. They had me laughing. They said, "Coach, you were in L.A. last year at this time. Now you're in L.A. Trobe." Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, they've had a lot of fun with it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good give and take. Um, it, and it's a, it's an interesting group because I think you're getting a the, the the guys we brought in the Morgan Burnett's and the Nat Burrell those guys are have been around and they're they're very uh, prideful, excellent learners, yeah. excellent helpers. If you watch that group today practice, they're constantly helping each other on the side. It's it's been a really it's been a, it's been a good experience so far. Well, the last last question I have for you because I know you got to go. And you are. No, I want to talk to you all day, really. Yeah, you I, I really do. You yes, I, do. I just want to talk to you all day with you. <laughs> Come, It'll I'll be like you, the old times. I'll Come give on. you a ride. No problem. Uh, me and Mikey, let's go. We let's can talk. Go. All, we'll have lunch. We'll, we'll hang out. We'll lunch, hang out. Go to Sharkies. Shark? No, no, no. Sharkies. <laughs> no, no Sharkies. All right, well, go somewhere else. Then. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, but what does it mean to you to be coaching for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now? 
can you believe when you grow up as a young guy, we're all Steelers fans because I'm from this area, from Johnstown yeah. right over the hill, you know, followed yeah. Jack Ham and Joe Green, just saw John Stallworth and the Rocky Blyers and Franco and, you know, Terry, and I probably missed somebody and somebody will call text me. Right. You yeah. forgot me. Right. You didn't yeah. get me here. <laughs> you know, and Wolf wasn't one of them. Right. Okay, I'm not putting Wolf in there or touch. But, uh, you know, what a, what, a, what a great honor. I mean, I came down there as a kid. I watched this practice. You know, I know what it was all about. And um, so, you know, it's one of the storied uh, – the professional teams and it's um it's, it's a great honor and a privilege to be a part of it well another notch in a great career for you and continued success coach thank you very much coach yes. tom bradley as we broadcast live to tape right now from steelers training camp st Vincent college in late trobe on your home of the pittsburgh steelers 102.5 dve it's randy bauman and the dve morning show broadcasting live to tape from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in La Trobe, joined now by ESPN and ESPN.com writer Jeremy Fowler. Good morning, man. How are you, brother? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Let me ask you this. You're an honest fella, I'm guessing. You have an honest look about you. Only on Thursdays. So, <laughs> <laughs> How bad do we have it right now? What's wrong with the Steelers? The pessimist in me wants to know, what do you see as the biggest weaknesses for the black and gold this year? Other than our star running back not being here. Yeah, that's, that's one. To me, it's still... I mean, the, the two guys that are gone, and there's no evidence you can fill the voids. Ryan Shazier and Martavis Bryant. To me, that's the, those are the biggest issues. I mean, Bryant, for all his warts, he was a guy that drew safety help. You throw him 40 yards downfield. I, I don't know that they have that right now. Right. You know, Juju's coming off like a knee thing. Um, he's been in and out of the lineup a little bit even even here. You know, he's going to produce, but he's got to prove he can do that on the outside right. consistently against top cornerbacks. He's going to play inside and out a little bit. Then you got Tyler Matikevich and John Bostic in the middle there with Vince Williams. You just, you know, Shazier was such a rare talent that you can't replicate that, and I don't know what they're going to do there. Can I just point out that we've had two guests on this program refer to the former Steelers wide receiver now in Oakland as Martavis and not Martavius. Yeah, which is better. Uh, when he was here, everybody called him by the wrong name. Now that he's gone, we finally got it right. <laughs> well, isn't that how it always goes, Mike? Once they're gone, you always get it right. Uh, although he's suspended again, so I don't think it matters what we call him, you know. Uh, ben Roethlisberger came into camp looking way more svelte than he has in the past. Ben. Yep. Uh, but I asked him about whether or not that was an actual message to his team, and he said in part it was. I think he's affected by the Tom Brady TB12, all the focus on this guy and his workouts and him seeing as being more dedicated to winning than anybody else. And Ben wants people to realize he's as dedicated. Do you sense that at all? I don't know if I sense that. That's something that I would want to ask him uh, directly. I wouldn't want to assume that. Um, you don't you know, think Brady drives him to want to win more, I guess is the larger question I'm asking. Well, he he's admired Brady, and, and I think that, he, well, here's, I think on the bigger landscape, here's a guy who's won the two Super Bowls. You know, it's been a while. He knows the window, that championship window, is tightening. Right. And um, there's a lot on the line this year for this guy. You know, and, and he, he said he doesn't play for money, and certainly that's, you know, he's proven that he's trying to win games. But, uh, you know, he's got one more contract out there, another big year. I mean, you, you see these quarterbacks are trying to get $30 million a year. Um, you know, he puts up another big year. They're going to have to pay him seriously. And it, it would it would create stability for his next two to three years, however long he plays. And, you know, you're trying to set a tone in your late 30s where really these guys can do that now. You know, they, they don't take any hits for the most part. Um, they're pretty safe in the pocket. Drew Brees even, you know, he maybe doesn't have as strong as an arm as he used to, but he can still throw it. So I think it's just a, a long play that he's trying to make. You know, so slim down a little bit, save the joints, 
and, and let's try to win this in the next three to four years. Yeah, I wanted to read way more into it than that, but yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're probably. Have you seen him kiss his kids? Right. Does he kiss his kids <laughs> on the mouth <laughs> and hold it? That's, That's awesome. Yeah, I mean the Tom Brady. That, that's where the emulation has to stop. Yeah, I would imagine. That well, he's got Brady's uh, jersey in his office. He's talked about his home office. Got it signed by Brady. I mean, everybody's chasing Brady. I think Ben would acknowledge that. Um, but he's like, look, I'm one of the best. And he's probably underrated in the discussion a lot. Right. I think privately he would acknowledge that, you know, that's not ideal. I've, I've put in enough work where I should be maybe rated a little higher. Do you think Le'Veon Bell was validated by the, the, uh, the contract girl he got in L.A.? Not quite. You know, so I wrote about this the other day. I, I reached out to a bunch of NFL execs and some agents I trust and people that can kind of gauge the market. Some say he's going to make $16 million a year. Some say, look, Gurley's an outlier. Especially, it's, it's funny, the folks who work for NFL teams that deal with contracts say, you know, Gurley, with, with, you know, he's a younger guy, less workload. I don't know the Bell's going to get that. Now, now, one told me that if he's healthy and productive this year, it will, it will fall on 2018. How does he do coming up this year? If he looks great, he'll probably get around where his franchise tag number is at 14.5 million, but that's not close to the, that's not quite at the 15 million that Gurley's getting. So um, he's going to get paid, but it's just, you know, he's still going to have the mileage. It, it's going to be fascinating. I mean, I know the, the league is buzzing about this for sure. What is this guy going to get? Mm-hmm. Um, but even if he does, even if he does a modest deal at, at say 12 million a year, he still did pretty well with the 27 he just pocketed. Two franchise tags. I mean, he, he's played this where he can still protect himself. Plus, you could look at Gurley, and some NFL people do, as a six-year deal as opposed to a four-year. Right. It's, it's a four-year extension, but he's still got the two years to go to get there. So maybe it's 11 mil. Yeah, and teams are going to use that to hold that against Le'Veon without a doubt. I've heard I've heard it described that yep. way by NFL people. Yep. So, and, and as you say, of course, they're going to lower the value in perception. You know, yes, they, teams are cr- going to use that. The they'll Steelers crunch will, the numbers the way they do, and the the player and his agent will crunch the numbers the way they do. But right, the Steelers will probably mention to Bell to hey, it's eleven and a half. Yeah, that's what Curly steals. <laughs> but you got David Johnson, who might get something done in the next month. That helps too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got Zeke coming up. I mean, it's 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 you know, if, if it's going to if the running back market is going to have a resurgence, it's got to happen now. Yeah. Uh, defensively, the Steelers have completely shaken things up. New secondary coach, new players all over the place, getting rid of a veteran force. And, and Mike Mitchell, who used to be, well, was the de facto voice of the defense after Ryan Shazier left. So uh, is Morgan Burnett the kind of guy who's going to come in and lead this team, or is it up to Cam defensively, or is Cam going to have to uh, be a little more vocal? How do they proceed going forward? Or are they just too factions who have to somehow coalesce right well we don't know about morgan burnett he hasn't been practicing at all he's right. had this hamstring deal and so terrell edmonds the rookie i mean to me it's early but he has looked at least the part big strong guy looks good right can run around yeah i don't want to overreact because it's so early but he, yeah. he does look good to me at least there's something there i don't know that he's a day one starter right now no. um you know you're more of a safe bet with with burnett um the corner depth is better than it's been i don't know what that means yet because i don't know if any mm-hmm. of these guys are stars and, you know, Hayden is, is a good corner, certainly. But, you know, I don't know that he's a top three corner right now. I mean, I don't, anybody, I don't think anybody's saying that for the most part. But no. he's, a, he's a good number one for this team. But you need Artie Burns to make a jump. You need Sean Davis to make a, a jump. It still come, For me, it comes down to those two guys who, you know, have, have shown some flashes here and look pretty good. But it's, you know, they've done that before. We need, they need the consistency from them to show they can be top level safeties and corners. How has Mike Tomlin weathered the criticism that James Harrison seemed to it wasn't just coming from him but it seemed to sort of 
uh, just fortify Re-spark arguments debate. that were right. already out there. Right. That's lingered. I mean, you know, the player coach label that has. I mean, you guys know it's lingered for oh, a yeah. while now. Um, the Harrison thing to me, it, it it at least deserves some context with the way Harrison left. I think that's a part of it. it it's very convenient for him after he was salty about getting cut and a little sleep. bit of an axe to grind. Yeah, yeah but you know, he's like sleeping in meetings and all this stuff, and yeah. he he forced his way out of here, right? Right. So, and he never had a problem with Tom, and they were, you know, for the most part, pretty tight. And this changed things a little bit. A lot. And so he's salty. So, you know, it's, I mean, the players come out full frontal supporting Tomlin. Um, they really, I, I've never heard a bad word from players in this locker room about Mike Tomlin. And I've tried, I've tried to, you know, like, <laughs> what's the, what's the deal? Like, you know, he, he takes heat for this, but nobody will go there. And to me, that at least says something. And, you know, the, the players have kind of helped him weather that storm. And then Kevin Colbert came out strong to the hole the other day, mm-hmm. you know, praising the guy really in every area when, when he didn't have to, he could have maybe hinted like hey we need some cleanup here but they haven't done that but the owner did yeah which part which, which quote was that art rooney didn't he say the other day that we need to be a little bit more focused i think he said after the season we need to not focus on one team oh okay. that was that was his complaint okay. like, uh, and that's yeah and that's fair that you know that's one that um the, the players coach thing i think that's overblown but that is that is valid because tommy came out he took a chance in that tony dungey interview saying hey we're you know it's gonna yeah. be round two of the patriots that was a big swing, and it, it looks like... Do you think like, he realized it at the time? Absolutely. Yeah? I mean, it was calculated, certainly. He knew how big of a statement that was going to be or how it would reverberate across the league because I, di- I didn't think he did. I think he was taken aback by how much that dominated the next three weeks of sports talk uh, in Pittsburgh, at least. You know, you, you might be right, Rand, on, on second thought. I think it was so assumed by everybody around here coming off the AFC Championship game last year, and the whole narrative was... Boy, if Le'Veon Bell would have stayed healthy in that game, it could have been different. Yeah. And they had been progressing every year from not making the playoffs to making it to winning a game to, to making the championship game. And they just they thought, okay, this is the year. And uh, that rematch never happened. Uh, it's, he's a smart guy. I think it was calculated. It was almost like he was trying to, trying to take the pressure off his team a little bit. Hey, let's have fun with this and go yeah. out and let loose and play. Right. And, and everybody was th- – the, yeah. the fans were thinking it. The media was thinking it. Right. The players were thinking yeah. it. It was – it was two trains, one track, but, and one of them fell off the track. That's what he's always been good at, not saying the thing that everybody's already said. He's always had this ability to sort of not play dumb, but just sort of pretend that, no, 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 that narrative right. you know, is, is one that you guys have fabricated. That's not how we operate here. And then he played right into it. But the team played right into it, too. They took it a little too far, I thought, you know, with the Le'Veon talking about, hey, we got round twos. Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, they totally just undersold Jacksonville, Mike Mitchell with the stuff about – well, what a great wherever. I mean, what a great quote! We're going to play him in hell. We're going to play him in Haiti. Oh, we love, and it, we're going to yeah. win. I mean, yeah. that was. But then it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but boy, we're going to play him in hell. We're going to play. What's that? We're not going to play him. Okay, <laughs> all right, never mind. I've been traded to Haiti. All right, fine. Well, <laughs> so what do you think for this Pittsburgh Steelers team this year? I mean, the division not exactly as tough as it could be. I mean, Browns can't be any worse. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on in Cincinnati. It is mathematically impossible for the Browns to be worse. Right. <laughs> so, can the Steelers get over the hump? Yeah. I so, hate the prognostication. No, no, I know. I'm just, but, but I also have to do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think overall the roster is better outside of the the Shazier Bryant stuff we talked about, and so that should. Other um, than the ending, Mrs. Lincoln, how'd you like the I play? Know, exactly. No doubt. So. Um, Schedule's pretty favorable. I mean, that you know, it's they should be able to create 
some sort of momentum. It's, you know, and I, I still think New England's beatable. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I mean, Brady, he, he's going to fall off at some point. It has to happen. I know it, it, he hasn't yet, but um, Jacksonville, you're betting on them being as good again. I don't know that I'm ready to go there yet. And so, yeah, I, I think the, I think the table's set. Um, I'm not going to say they're going to win the Super Bowl right now, but I, right. I think they're, they had to have learned from last year and the, and the disaster that was at the end. And, and I think they're well positioned. I really do. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, thanks so much for your time this yeah, morning. For sure. Broadcasting Anytime, live to tape from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Lake Trobe, your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers 102.5 DVE. Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Lake Trobe, Pennsylvania. Zip code once, I don't even know what that is, but. I was about to say that was extensive. Joe Rowe, what's the zip code here? Just say it. What's. 15601. You should have texted it, Joe. You should have texted it. Just say it. He was trying to give like he's a dugout yes. coach. What do I do here? I, okay, I, I think I bunt. I'm not sure. Oh, boy. All right. Well, let's bunt on over to the <laughs> Nut Pie Queen. <laughs> oh, please don't call her that. Val, please. Val, Val, Val Porter. <laughs> she's a fan of pecan pie. No, she's the apple princess. Uh, that's, that's right. Uh, forecast today, uh, pretty much a repeat of the past couple of days, showers and thunderstorms, upper 70s for the high today. A new report, though, uh, says 2017 was one of the hottest years in recorded history. I feel like I read this story every year. Every year. Fake the news. American Meteorological Society released its annual State of the Climate report this week, compiling data from over 500 scientists in more than 60 countries. The report says 2017 also saw the highest amount of greenhouse gases, including carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide. That report says 2017 set a new record for global sea level, which continues to rise at a steady rate. I think it's just going to get keep getting hotter and hotter and hotter until it's like that Mars... Uh, atmosphere in total recall and you can't go outside or your eyes will pop out of your head the thing that bothers me about this is we were told about it years ago by nelly and nobody has done a thing yeah he told us (laughs) it is getting hot in here and we didn't listen we should have taken off all our clothes did we no there's still time uh you want to be happier consider moving to minnesota or if you're listening on iHeartRadio, stay there. Uh, personal, personal finance site Magnify Money set out to measure the levels of happiness in all 50 states. They used a methodology developed by Oxford University to, to analyze a number of well-being factors in categories like health, lifestyle, and prosperity. Minnesota came out on top. Uh, Louisiana, the least happy state. Minnesota's not happy. They just don't know any better. <laughs> yeah, low expectations in Minnesota. Uh, the rest of the five happiest states, South Dakota, Colorado, no Utah, and North Dakota. The uh, least hey. happy states, uh, Louisiana, as I said, Rhode Island, West Virginia, Alabama, and Mississippi. Pennsylvania ranked 31st on the list. I still can't be- believe people live in either of the Dakotas. It's beautiful country, Bill. Is it? I won't ever know. <laughs> Not firsthand. I'll give Some, you a travel log. You can watch it. Or so, travel lodge. Whatever. Somebody was just telling me about that. I had an Uber driver telling me, he's like, yeah, I've been to all 50 states. And I was like, that's cool. I didn't ask you, but let's talk about it. And then <laughs> um, You really do get chatty with the Uber drivers. I'll talk. I, you talk to them the whole way, and you actually have really good conversations. <laughs> I know. I, I, try to tell, I, do I don't talk to them at all. I know. 
you're missing out because there's some hilarious stuff in there. But keep in mind, you do have to roll with the punches. I mean, because it can get bad. You never know. If all of a sudden they're like, yeah, so anyways, I murder hobos. You have to be like, well, you got to do that. I'll I'll get out here. Yeah, because you're next if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. But he was saying that the Dakotas, he said, I said, well, I haven't been to either of the Dakotas. And he said North Dakota is basically, he's like, there's some beautiful stuff, but it's basically you drive through it. Like there's you go no 100 towns. miles an hour. And I asked him if you break down in the middle of North Dakota, what happens? I, like I said, how how long would it take for the someone to come get you? you? And he said from the most remote point, he said, you're you could be looking at it a couple hours for someone to come because your car broke down. Like you could look, be looking at a couple hours on the parkway. Yeah, but that's not no. because that there there's nobody around. Right. That's because you're in line. <laughs> you know. The hills have eyes. Right. Uh, I'm not into it. This is a little different. A British couple getting married in September took out an ad for a professional videographer to film their wedding night. The ad was published on a UK job site with the bride to be offering almost four grand to any video professional who would work from one AM to three AM on her wedding night to Shoot some X-rated footage. Hello. The ad says, both myself and my fiance believe your wedding day shouldn't just be limited to a day. And actually, your wedding night is just as important. Since we got engaged, we've both been in agreement. We want a videographer to film our wedding night. But unfortunately, we haven't been able to find anyone willing or who we felt comfortable enough around. We originally asked our day videographer to do it, but he said he didn't really feel comfortable with that, uh, and it wasn't something he'd done before. Obviously, we know this is a bit weird, but we really just want to forget, <laughs> don't want to forget any moments of our day or night. Not one little second. I want it all. <laughs> yeah. well, film this, please. Now jump in it. <laughs> I'll film. Okay. Wait, this is getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad James Gunn will have a job soon. <laughs> Dave Grohl is announcing the upcoming debut of a two-part mini-documentary simply titled Play. Written and filmed by Grohl, the documentary will be released to streaming services on August 10th and on limited edition vinyl September 28th. According to Grohl, Play focuses on the ups and downs of dedicating one's life to playing a musical instrument. Film is also going to feature a new 23-minute-long solo song. Solo song. Solo song. Solo song. 23 minutes. Mm. Is it a documentary? It should just be him chugging coffee and screaming. <laughs> Nonstop. <laughs> How? He can scream all night long. It's, it's amazing, yeah. It is amazing that guy's voice doesn't give out. Yep. Can you imagine him on his wedding night? <laughs> Ground was broken Tuesday on the redevelopment of something that will bring new life to Liverpool's Strawberry Field and help turn it into the next tourist attraction in the Beatles' hometown. Tuesday, John Lennon's sister Julia Baird helped bury a time capsule at the one-time site of a Salvation Army children's home. Its redeployment as a job training and work placement facility also includes opening the surrounding area to the public, allowing fans to walk through the grounds, as John did as a boy. Also on hand was George Martin's widow, Judy. The documentary that features a recreation of Soundgarden's last show will air on Reels on August 12th. 
Autopsy, The Last Hours of Chris Cornell is part of a documentary-style series that investigates controversial and sudden deaths of celebrities. The show's producers staged a reenactment of Soundgarden's final performance at Detroit's Fox Theater May 17th of last year using Shepard's Bush Hall in England as a stand-in. Two of the actors involved in the shoot, Paul Ayers and Andrew Shire, uh, posted photos of the shoot. They later deleted those, so I'm not sure why they did that. But uh, CNN also going to air one more season of Anthony Bourdain's hit series, Parts Unknown. The network announced yesterday it recorded enough video for a final season before Bourdain committed suicide in June. The award-winning chef, author, and TV host had completed an episode shot in Kenya before his death. It'll be the last episode with Bourdain's narration. That episode and others in Spain, Texas, and New York's Lower East Side will be premiering in the fall. Expect more showers and thunderstorms today. Temperatures again in the upper 70s. So it's a repetitive forecast. It's like the same thing as Groundhog Day. It's right. like the Dakotas. Exactly. Uh, we are broadcasting live to tape right now from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in La Trobe. Stay tuned. More interviews with players, coaches, personnel, staff, here at St. Vincent, Brenda over in the gift shop. Everybody's coming on board today. <laughs> Stick around. It's the DVE morning show. The uh, the one and only Camp Hayward joining us hey, right now on the DVE morning up, show. Brother? What's up, man? He's getting morning. his uh, headset put on there. Dude, early. Early, early. early bird. It's because you're a dad. No, yeah. it's because I had a pee test. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah. So you would, if you didn't have, have to take a pee test this morning, you wouldn't have got up this early? No, I would have probably been still asleep. <laughs> when do they tell you you have to do it? Uh, literally at like 5.30. Oh, no kidding? Yeah, so I've been up since then. So I was like, let me just go ahead and get a workout in. So oh. what, they just come knocking on your door? Mm-hmm. Like they're serving <laughs> you a subpoena. <laughs> well, I heard them knocking on somebody else's door, and I thought it was my door. And they were like, oh, we'll just get you later. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'm already up. I'm just going to go ahead and do so it. So is the team official do it? NFL official, NFLPA? Who, who's in charge of that? Uh... I don't know. Just a guy at the dorms at St. Vincent. Yeah. Going Are you sure that it was hey, involved you just want my pee? Yeah. <laughs> this, I'm just a fan. I, uh... This might have just been a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen him before, so. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, camp Hayward, uh, how many camps is this for you? This is my eighth camp. All right. So Ben, the other day, is like, I did the math, and I've been here a year out of my life. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> so who, who has that much time to think about, this has been a year out of my life? Your quarterback? <laughs> but he, uh, So now you've had eight months out here, and right. uh, I was just saying, like, things get nicer and nicer out here. Like, the <laughs> facilities, it, get, it is nicer. They do. Like, it was a lot cruddier back in the day, and, like, I yeah. felt like the Roonies always kept it, like, you know, Spartan conditions to kind of, like, toughen you guys up. Mm -hmm. And now they have, like, you know, there's... Uh, there's just like nice amenities everywhere you go, but that's how it should be in the NFL. <laughs> well, uh, I was just thinking about it. We were talking about it like a couple, like a, as soon as we got here. Um, we used to be in Bonaventure, mm -hmm. the dorm next door. Right. And they had no AC. Oh, <laughs> so Ooh. that's definitely been a step up. Right. And uh, there's been obviously a lot of things been done in the weight room, and the fields have changed. I don't think they had turf back then. No. So. <laughs> no, they had like two fields, and they just like I can't imagine Mike back in the day when Chuck Knoll was the coach here, and it would get super muddy. Then the field was just trashed for a long time, probably right. Right, and then yeah, they just got muddy. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they didn't go to. They didn't have Garrett Guimont controlling the fields and keeping ke keeping you know great care of the fields because now if it rains, we tarp it until practice. Yeah. I don't think they did that back then. No. They had the blowers out. Yeah. Uh, getting them ready. And, <laughs> it's you know almost what? like it's a stadium. 
It is. It they is. They take very good care of it for three weeks we're here. You know what else they didn't do back then? What? They didn't show up in helicopters. <laughs> what did you think about AB's arrival at camp? And uh, also, and what did you show up in? Because you were throwing nothing. that out there on Twitter. I, I, I was messing around. Okay. Especially when you see AB, you're like, yeah, that takes all the pressure off of me. I yeah. can just walk in and <laughs> get settled in my room while yeah. everybody's looking at AB. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I did mention to you taking a hot air balloon wouldn't be a bad idea. Right. But uh, I think at this point you have to go Zeppelin. Someone needs to, <laughs> you have to go straight blimp. Eh, I think uh, that's a little dicey. I think you're, you're way too big of a man to be in a basket. Yeah, but. I was thinking about coming one of those Fisher Price cars and just come rolling down the hill. <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad idea. Be hilarious. Did uh, now? What did you think of Vince Williams Stone Cold in uh, like walk out? It was pretty good. I, I was very impressed by the jacket he had going with yeah. it and everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, did your kids make that or did you? <laughs> um, but did you go to Michael's, get some puppy paint. <laughs> what happened? I don't know, but. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do to top that next year, so he just set the bar really high. I just want to know what he did when he was huffing and puffing and he walked into the dorm room. <laughs> he's like, oh, let's make this, the bed now. Put the sheets on. Like, you can't be a tough guy when you're, like, you know, no. putting sheets on a right. on a bed. And he's throwing his bags all over the place. Right. <laughs> I'm going to hang these these shirts up. I don't want them to wrinkle. Let's and not... you can't be crushing beers. Right. right. He's got crushed two Gatorades. Right. <laughs> spill all over the place. Now, back in the day, I remember like those, uh, like Bettis and those guys would have these huge TVs brought into their rooms. Do, you, do right. you guys even mess with that now? Does everyone just use laptops, iPads, and? I think everybody rents a TV here. Um, I think we use court furniture. So, oh, really? Yeah, everybody gets like a TV, uh, a bed. Um, Got the little dorm fridge. Yeah, you gotta have the, the dorm fridge. If you don't, you're you're in the wrong wrong sport. That's what the vets do. The rookies get screwed. But, uh, How many times, like, do you constantly replenish your fridge? Is like every time you leave the cafeteria, you're like, yep, I'm taking that, 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 and that. I, well, I've gotten bad because now I use Amazon, and I just get them to uh-huh. ship me up stuff. Jeff Bezos is <laughs> just delivering yes. to you. Yes, I get the essential waters, and it's fully stocked all the time. Oh, man, that's beautiful. A drone arrival to camp somehow would be good. Maybe you could have Amazon actually deliver you to camp next year. Yeah, that'd I mean, be great. If we get the hub here. Which Amazon is- Prime, dude. Right. Come on. <laughs> That's perfect. Dude. Nickname 2018. Amazon Prime. All right. New year. And uh, coming off the end of last year, mm-hmm. the, the, the last game of, uh, uh, of the season was not the best defensive effort. And, right. and, and we talked about this with you before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now with Stefan Tuitt being healthy and coming right. back and feeling confident with a new sort of s- scheme, mm-hmm. some new uh, 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 coaches involved in the defense, right. what can Steeler fans expect from the 2018 Steel Curtain? I would say uh, just more consistency. Um, you know, I think we had a decent year last year, but you would have those inconsistencies where – um, have a great game, then fall back off, mm-hmm. and you know we put it back on the offense. Um, I think we're looking for more consistency in our, our run defense, um, being more stout, uh, but still having the still the splash plays that we did because mm-hmm. I think that was huge for us throughout the year, um, and just keep improving. You know, you yeah. get guys like T.J. Watt who have another year under their belt, uh, Javon Hargrave. Um, we don't know who's going to be that second linebacker in with Vince yet. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Big Red got a chance at that? He does. Not Big he Red. He's dirty. Dirty <laughs> Red. Sorry, Big Red is Allen. Big Red. But. Big Red. Big, big, is it Dirty Red? Oh, yeah, red Big Red. Big Red, Allen Banneker. Yeah. yeah. It's also dirty a brand red. of chewing gum. Uh, I'm aware. <laughs> but Dirty Red is not a brand of chewing gum. No. 
Ooh. I hope not. It would no. be a poor seller. Yes, yeah. it would. <laughs> uh, but Cam, when you watched the games last year as mm-hmm. the season ended uh, throughout the playoffs, you right. mentioned your defense was inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But everybody got lit up that right. was in the top. I mean, it eventually happened to Jack. You guys scored Jack, a lot yeah. on Jacksonville. Jacksonville got lit up too that game. Minnesota they, we got, got lit up. Philadelphia made one play in the Super Bowl right. on defense. I mean, is that what it's going to be now in the NFL? Hey, we'll, we'll try to get that one strip sack. Right. In the fourth quarter, so we get the ball back and they don't score. I, only time will tell, but you know, during the season, I thought defenses, you know, really lit up offenses where you know most people were down in points. And in the um, playoffs, it just changed. I know it, it was complete shell shock when you think about it. But um, you know, when it comes to you know, there's a fine line in the NFL where so many plays can be dictated by such little detail, um, and I think. Uh, it only takes one play to change a game on offense or defense. So whoever takes advantage of those moments is going to win those games. And it could be one play, two play, three plays. Uh, you just got to find those plays to win. So we've heard the D-backs say that going against Antonio Brown and all of these wideouts, mm-hmm. iron sharpens iron. It's really made them a lot better. Right. Are, are you guys suffering because Le'Veon Bell isn't here? No, because we have a great offensive line. Um, we get to compete against them every day. Obviously, Le'Veon's a different type of back where um, he's a lot more patient. Um, but I think James Conner is doing a great job right now. But, uh, you know, going against our offensive line week, week, every day, uh, you appreciate it because you know Pouncey's going to give 110%. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Ramon's down, but, you know, Finney's filling in, getting his reps. He was the, we, we, you so and Finney get after that yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's just part of the job, uh, you know. Sometimes tempers flare, and you gotta set everybody straight. Seems How- like they always flare when Finney's around. <laughs> <laughs> well, Finney was already mad because he jumped off sides, so he kept pushing after the play. I was like, Finney, you can't get mad when you already jumped off sides. You messed up. <laughs> just deal with it. You're such a reasonable trash talker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of that the very few that I've been <laughs> reasonable, and I was like, wow, I actually sound smart talking right now. <laughs> hey, Cam, you, I'm sure heard. Uh, all the commentaries and opinions in the offseason. Uh, James mm-hmm. Harrison was the most recent. People are questioning the way the Steelers go about their business. Mm-hmm. What would your response to that be? Keep questioning because we don't care, <laughs> um, honestly, because – No, you've heard this stuff, right? You guys right. are late to meetings. You're right. not on point. You look, you overlooked Jacksonville. That's why you lost. You were thinking about New England all year. Did we? Our offense scored – 42 points. Only the defense played bad. So, so it's uh, just you right. guys looking ahead. <laughs> I guess so. But, you know, I know all, this, all the uh, time we all put in. Um, you know, obviously we didn't play well, and that's one game. But I don't think we ever overlooked anybody. Um, you know, when there was plenty of comments made throughout the season about, you know, we need to focus on this game, this game. Uh, but I know what those guys put in day in and day out about what they need to do. Um, and getting their bodies ready, um, you know, you you just didn't execute well, and that's part of the game. And um, when you fall short, you you take ownership of it. But uh, to say that we weren't prepared enough and that we have too many distractions is beside the point. Because when I look in the locker room, that never affected you know how guys went about their business. Um, you know, if if it got out of hand. Trust me, I would have handled it. I was going to say that was my next follow-up. If things do get off course a little bit, do you look to Mike Tomlin, the position coach, a leader such as yourself, or is it up to the guy to at I, some point take responsibility? I look at myself and say, have I talked to this guy and 
you know, are we all on the same uh, page? You know, I think Ben does the same where, um, you know, he holds more of the offense uh, accountable. And, you know, I've seen him grab A.B. before and, and talk to him and make sure they're both on the same page. Uh, and defensive-wise, I've always – Did you hear Parker the other day? Yeah. You know, that that's just what you do. Um, you know, and it's not, you know, being condescending or, you know, putting a guy down, but, you know, making sure you guys are communicating and making sure you guys understand what you need to do. Uh, on and off the field. Uh, and then I have the special teams, too, so I get to keep Chris Boswell in, in order as well. <laughs> so uh, I would like to point out that uh, Cam was uh, early for his uh, interview this morning by at least four minutes. Early go. <laughs> was I? Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. No, that was good. Oh, Very I good. thought it was late. No, no, you were fine. And I okay. uh, want to remind everybody that you're going to be joining us again for the 2018 season. I will. Uh, we don't have a name. For, it's not the Cam Hayward Show. We're not saying that. You're just a your weekly guest, but if you'd like to <laughs> – Name the segment, you know, it's cool. No, we doing I, this again? I, I don't know what to name us. Yeah. Uh, the Camazon. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Camazon Prime. Prime. <laughs> I like that. Camazon Prime Time. There you yeah, go. There we go. Uh, we, we, we didn't settle on Carry On My Hayward Son. No. <laughs> a little too long. It is, uh, it's thematic. I mean, you know, you bring the whole Ironhead thing sure. into it. And, yeah. yeah. Hey, that was cool. I saw someone brought a, a pit jersey yeah. out last week, one of your dad's jerseys. Yeah, and I just found out he was a Patriots fan, too. So that was. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Whoa. He just showed up to camp and he had my dad's jersey. And then he left, so he wasn't really concerned with what we were doing. It was one of those sweet halves. <laughs> it was one of those sweet half jerseys, like yeah. the netted. Well, you look at the jersey, and you're like, is this a practice jersey? But yeah. then they have, like, the name on the back and everything. And yep. I'm like, wow. Times have changed how much time they put in these jerseys now. Yeah. <laughs> was, it the, was it the mesh, too? Because he used yes. to go through oh, yeah. many a game. Right. Because all the arm tackling, he just ripped through it. Oh, there's plenty of rips in that jersey as well. Do you have much of his stuff? I do. I uh, I got his high school jersey. Um, I just got uh, – he got a park named after him this offseason. So I went up to New Jersey to receive it and uh, – I mean to, you know, uh, help open the park. And then I received his high school football where he broke all these records um, from the captain on the force of the police up there. So it was cool. I've been getting stuff here and there. Um, I just got the old uh, popsicle stick picture. Uh, someone just gave that to me. I, my grandpa just gave it to me. So I'm starting to collect more and more stuff as, as the years pass. And you're aware by now what a force he was at Pitt. Yeah. And I, I, I find little videos here and there, and I'm like, wow, I haven't seen this yet. And uh, it's crazy. Um, I always catch the college stuff, but now I'm starting to get more of the pro stuff as I get older. It's really cool. Cam Hayward, live from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Lake Trump. Hey, man, thanks for uh, making time for us this morning after you yeah. the P-test. And uh, <laughs> we're going to conduct our own here. Do I need to do P-test for all you guys? Yeah, we're going to do one in the commercial yeah. break here really quick. <laughs> could you sign the cup? Anyways, <laughs> I don't want to be too big of a fan. Thanks very much, man. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing great. Great How to see you, guys. Buddy. I like you got your Buckos hat on right. yesterday or th today. Yesterday I had mine on. And, uh, you know, there's a little crossing of the streams here, a little uh, support for your buddy Neil Huntington. Now, you must know how he feels because he was under the gun there for a little bit and then at the deadline able to pull off some pretty big moves. That's you got to feel good for him. Oh, we feel great. You know, we visit those guys every spring, mm -hmm. you know, see Neil and see Clint and Frank and when we, Coach Tomlin and I go down to spring training and, and what they were able to do even before the trade deadline. You know, they were on kind of a slide 
And, you know, they just, uh, Neil kind of challenged them, and they just all came out and were playing phenomenal. Do you think he challenged them, or do you think that that was an honest assessment at the time, and he thought he was going to be having to move in a different direction? Well, I think it was an honest assessment that ended up being a challenge in, in the players' eyes. They're like, okay, let's, we got to do this. And I think, you know, players probably got to the realization they, they couldn't compete and for a playoff spot at yeah. that pace. And, man, they, they, they turned it around real quick and, you know, went from some, you know, bad losses to some really decisive wins and they're still on a streak. And then to add a few players, I yeah. think that's great. Uh, the organization's just showing that they're going to go for it. And that's yeah. beautiful because that's I, – I know that's what they want. I know that's what everyone else wants. And hopefully it's it's going to transpire. Yeah, and it was really inspiring, uh, <coughs> the subsequent comment by you. Eight, Nate's not going to cut it. No, <laughs> we we know that. I mean, we we know that for sure. And boy, eight and eight's never going to cut it. And um, you know, we have our own work to do, and that's what we're trying to get done here. Did you see Archer showed up yesterday in an AB jersey? I did. That was Speaking awesome. Of symmetry. That was that was really. It was really neat to see, and you know, you know, this the interaction between the franchises with us yeah. and the Penguins and Pirates. It's it's great for this this sports venue and it, it's real. I mean, it's nothing that's a, you know, a um, late coming kind of thing. We always do it every, every year we're there. We have pirate tickets, penguin tickets and our players interact. And I think it's great for the city. It's great for our sports fans. Isn't that a funny thing about Pittsburgh though? I mean, that players know coming in, like a guy gets traded to Pittsburgh and his instinct is, I better put some Steelers gear on. Oh yeah, you have to. <laughs> you know, like, how about, how about, I, I want to be accepted. I better, I better get some Steelers gear on. Well, but then guessing. they get way into it. Like, how about Shazier with the run with the Penguins last yeah, year? Yeah, no, right. no, no. He question. was all about it. Oh yeah, and, and the crowd loved it. Sure, and I and I bet Chris Archer he'll have a Crosby jersey on before the end of no the week. Question. Yeah, no question, no doubt. That's the funniest thing. <laughs> no, well, speaking the of the, uh, of that, what did you think of GMJR's offseason move so far? Well, you know, it's, it was a um, obviously when you don't win a Stanley Cup after you won two in a row, it's a disappointment finish. And I'm sure he looked at his team and said, "Okay, we we still are we're still a really good team, right. but we need to add here and there." And there was only certain moves that they could make um, with salary cap and all those different type things. But it, you know, they're they're not going to sit quiet, and they're, they they once you get that Stanley Cup, there's nothing else that matters. And uh, I know that, you know, Jim came by in the spring and we visited and it's always good to share ideas. Um, so I, I I know that they won't sit tight. If there's another move to be made, he'll go for it. I mean, because that's what that's what they do and they've been yeah. pretty successful at it. Mm -hmm. So you understand the business aspect of, of hockey pretty well, as well as fans emotional attachment. So in your eyes, when you hear people debating the whole Murray flurry thing, does it seem like a big waste of time to you? Or do you understand an emotional attachment to a player as a GM? Like, eh, making this move is going to be tough for me. But as a GM, this is a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury is a Hall of Fame goaltender, in my opinion. And he helped them win a lot of Stanley Cups, as did Murray. So how do you move this guy on and bring this guy up? Um it wasn't easy. It's never easy to part with a with a player that helped you win a championship. Never, mm -hmm. and uh, it has to. Sometimes it has to be done from a business, from a franchise, from the right. future, 
Um, we always have to weigh 2018 versus the future, and we always we never want to gut the team to try to win in one season, but we want to win every season. So that's a that's a tough decision that that organizations have to make now, all the time. Now, luckily for you, Le'Veon Bell made it easy to not have that emotional fan attachment to any business decisions that might be, be being made because he hasn't exactly handled them in a, handled himself in a way that's endeared him to the the Steeler fan base too much. People are seeing him as being kind of, uh, well... Me first guy. Yeah, but you also understand the business aspect of his position. No, I mean, look, we tried to sign Le'Veon to a long-term deal, and, you know, we'll deal with 2018 because that's all we can deal with at this point. By, by rule, we can't do a contract extension after July 16th. And, you know, we'll all go through 2018, and we'll see where it takes us, and we'll certainly be open to signing Le'Veon. Le'Veon's a great player. Um, we we did try, he did try, and it just didn't come to um, it just didn't come to fruition. And whenever he gets here, you know, we think he can help us win a championship. So the sooner he gets here, the better. Uh, and that's that's something that he has to decide because we can't we can't force him to be here prior to his signing. Did you see Gurley's contract offer as validating Le'Veon Bell's stance, or did it more resemble what you were willing to deal? With well, Le'Veon. you know, with Gurley, that was something that was it could have happened, and it really didn't matter because Le'Veon, you know, when we deal with our guys, we, we're we're aware of what goes on around them. They're aware of what goes on around them, but we all have to make decisions based on what we believe. Mm-hmm. And you know, certainly Gurley is among the top running backs. Le'Veon's the best runner. I mean, there's there's no getting there's no debate on that. So whenever he um, is able to hit the market, he'll hit the market accordingly, and he'll have to make those decisions as we will and other teams may have to now. Kev, you uh, had some interesting <coughs> things to say last Friday uh, about, I think you called it, all the stuff that's being said, the uh, the assaults on uh, the Steelers' mode of operation, uh, attention to detail, discipline, focus, those kind of things. Uh, I'm I'm curious, uh, why did you decide that was the time to sort of be the defender of the faith and uh, set the record straight? Well, you know, you just you respond to comments, and it's like, first of all, Coach Tomlin never has to defend his record. I mean, since he's been a head coach, there's not too many that have had the success that he's had, and that speaks for itself. When when people talk about us and our discipline and our structure. Um, they've never sat in on a meeting with coach. When coach addresses that team, uh, there's full attention. When when anything pops up, um, like last year with Martavis with the social media stuff, I mean, he took a, a significant player out of a game and sat him for a game because of that. And that, you know, he made a team decision based on an individual's behavior that, that really put us at risk at winning a game but he had to do it for the best of the organization. And there's no question that whenever he has to make a decision for the best of the organization that he does it in a diligent manner. And there's there's no question about who's in charge. When when he speaks to a team, when he speaks to an individual in a, in a meeting, be it if the player did something good or something bad, um, he always lets players know where they stand. And that's never been a discussion. You know, there's things that happen in the – in the outside world, it's a, it's a challenging world with the social media, and we mm-hmm. cannot control these guys 24/7. We can we can tell them, and we try to uh, make sure that they they understand the consequences. 
Uh, but boy, it's tough in today's world. If something does get off track for whatever reason, is it on Coach Tomlin? Is it on a position coach? Is it on maybe a, a locker room leader to to kind of deal with that? I think it, I think it's all three, and it really extends past that into you know myself and, and Mr. Rooney, and you know we all have to manage. Um, what a player is doing because it reflects on us. It reflects on a player's brand, but it also reflects on the organization and the team. And sometimes the team members will step up and manage that, that situation as well as, as they should. It's their locker room. It's their team. But sometimes the coach has to step in. Sometimes we have to step in as well. Terrell uh, Emmons in camp signed. Everything's all buttoned up there. Saw him yesterday. And uh, he he's like an, he's a pretty impressive guy. He's the real deal. Yeah, uh, but when you picked him, it surprised a lot of people, including he was one of the people surprised by it. He was literally in the bathroom, not expecting to be picked at that time when you guys picked him. Does that put more of an onus on him? Does he feel more pressure as a result of the industry uh, analysis on him being that he should have been a second round guy? Yeah, no, I, I mean he was. Um it was an easy pick for us as as the draft was shaping up. Boy, do I like hearing that. It was an easy pick. No, it. it really was because as it, as it was shaping up, we obviously we we understood the linebacker situation with Ryan's injury, and we we knew who was going to be available. Um, and it didn't look good because there were some really good players that were probably going to get picked before we were we were picking. And uh, Throughout the spring, when we when we met with Terrell, we met with Terrell and his brother, who happened to be one of those top yeah. inside linebackers that went to the Buffalo Bills. Um, we had a dinner with his family and the two of them and several of our coaches and his mom and dad. And we came away from that dinner, and it was almost like, I think this is going to be our guy because these linebackers are probably not going to make it. And, boy, this guy is a, we thought, a, rel- a really good first-round pick. I mean, because he's he can play in several different positions. Um, he's a great kid. He comes from a great family. He's smart. He's tough. He's athletic. So we'll see where it goes. He doesn't tweet stupid stuff. <laughs> no. He's not, not trying to spend uh, an inordinate amount of time burgeoning a uh, rap career or anything like that? Mm, it's early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, love, I'd, love, I'd love to say that, you know, that'll never happen. But You, you never know, know. No, but he comes from my, um, you know, I was at, I'm actually old enough to have drafted or been with the Miami Dolphins when we drafted his father, yeah. Pharaoh Edmonds. Yeah. And they're just an awesome, awesome family. His mother, his father, uh, they've been raised right. So I think... Yeah. We're very, we're very um, comfortable in where he will go, not only as a player but as a person. Did you ever uh, reveal your scouting report on the dad, either at the dinner or to Terrell? Oh, yeah. No, his dad is huge. His dad's 6'6". Um, when he played, he was 250. He's a little bit bigger now. So we were very, <laughs> we were very cordial at the dinner. But his father, um, his father was a Pro Bowl player, a Pro Bowl tight end of uh, the University of Maryland that uh, we had drafted in the third round with the Dolphins. He went on to play for the Seahawks, and his career ended because of some back issues. Um, but he was a really good player. So it's not surprising that he has three kids in the NFL right now. All you guys in personnel, you can recite the, the draft from 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, in the second round we got this guy, and he went on to do this. And in the eighth round we got this guy. 
you never forget this stuff. Oh, wait a minute. Well, you, have a, you have a little frame of reference yourself about not only the sports, but the music industry. And that's just, you know, that's what we do. That's what we love. So it's, you know, I don't want to say it's easy, but that's, that's what we remember. Uh, it just amazes me, though, the detail and, and the, how long ago you can just pick a guy out of the air and, and there it is. It's like it was yesterday. Yeah, but that's, that's our job. Yeah. How many years is this now for you? A lot. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Now, this is, this is actually my 34th season in the NFL, and this wow. is uh, number 19 here. Believe it or not, it's, it's our 12th with, uh, with Coach Tomlin and I being together. Does that make you feel any different uh, from the standpoint of uh, pressure to, to win? Do you feel does do you feel like more at ease with that experience, or does it feel like the clock is ticking? We have to win now. No, the, really, the the outside never changes well, what we feel on the inside, and that's we have to win a Super Bowl in 2018. This is this is all we're worried about. 17 is over, and you know 19's too far away. It's, it's let's focus in, and right now it's all about getting ready to play Cleveland. You're a guy who seems to enjoy training camp as much as anybody when you're not working, which you do a lot. But, uh, you know, I wake up, uh, look out the window, and I can see the smoke from the <laughs> fire pit the night before. No, no still, fire. Yeah, no still. fire last night. You know, we had a little pool pool action, and, you know, we have a little suite with a pool table. And it's, you know, you're here, and we're here, and there's only so much you can do. And you have to be careful uh, on the outside anymore and it's you know there's there's things that we have to avoid um so we tried to have some you know social fun here uh on campus where it's managed it's everybody stays everybody you know walks home and it, it's sometimes you just have to have fun and you know fortunately we're able to do that around all the work that we have to do. Do you still have the uh, Roy Buchanan livestock Absolutely. CD with the great <laughs> Billy Price? Absolutely nice. that's that's a unique um you know, Roy Buchanan was a unique, you know, guitarist, and unfortunately, I'm I'm old enough to have seen him play a few times at the Syria Mosque, and it was. I thought you were going to say you drafted him to the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> God, the was, he was huge. <laughs> he was versatile. Yeah. Kevin Colbert, GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers, with us this morning. Thanks as always for All your right, time. Guys, man. Appreciate it. Best you of luck this year. It's the DBE Morning Show, broadcasting live today from Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Randy Bauman, along with Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuta. And Val Porter, and that's it for us today, live from uh, from camp. Well, live to tape, anyways. But uh, what a, an eventful couple of days! Couple of days here. It's been a journey. And I've enjoyed it. Want to thank uh, Bert Lawton from the Steelers, Dom, and everybody else who uh, helped us get all these great guests on the show. Special thanks to James Connor, T.J. Watt, Ben Roethlisberger, Coach Mike Tomlin. It's feisty. There's a feisty Coach Tomlin today. Feisty might be the wrong word. No, that's a good word. Fired up, yeah. Defensive. Yeah, well, yeah, not too. No. Um, also, uh, Coach Tom Brady, he's a defensive coach. Oh, so, yeah. So, I mean, naturally, he would be defensive. Tom Bradley. Bra- Bra- Brady, the quarterback. <laughs> Different guy. No? Different guy. Tom Bradley, thanks to him. Uh, also, Thanks to Tom Brady, too. For I mean, inspiring really, Ben to lose weight. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm telling you, he saw Brady's stupid workout and all these people saying how great he is because right. he has a chef that makes won't let him eat mushrooms, and all of a sudden Ben's like, you know what? I'm cutting out carbs. Yeah, I don't have to have sugar. He's like, I'm going paleo. I have to have sugar. Do you? <laughs> Mama, I don't. I don't know. Mama how you bear could. needs honey. <laughs> I don't know how you could cut it out completely. I ah just, man, that's I just tough. Don't. 
No. It's in he's a professional thing. athlete, so he's driven that way. Uh, thanks to Terrell Edmonds, too. What a what a fantastic guy that is. He's an impressive guy, isn't he? That Go guy to... eats healthy. Yes. Chicken Honey wings. barbecue <laughs> wings and mozzarella sticks. That was so funny. <laughs> well, I wanted to eat healthy in front of the coaches, so I got a blooming yeah. onion. I love uh, how that, that... Give me a 12-pack and a bag of potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, that dinner was like the movie Pulp Fiction. Like It was from every single person's perspective. They're yeah. like, and then we had this dinner... <laughs> There we was, took them out to dinner, and we started in the parking lot. Hopefully the prayer that her, their mom made them say was like, Dear Lord, please help my kids to order better food. <laughs> <laughs> they're professional athletes, and they're just filling up with garbage. Um, also, thanks to uh, Kevin Colbert for joining us, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, Cam Hayward, and uh, anybody else I forget there? I think you got it. Yeah, thanks to uh, the folks at Sharkies for making us feel welcome last night. Thanks, everybody at Spring Hill Suites for uh, putting us up. Uh, and uh, thanks to Mike Myers and everybody for buying beers. And uh, that's it, right? We're done. I think we're done. We're getting ready is what we're getting ready. Yeah, that's what, what we're doing, doing here. This we're is getting... just the beginning. Yes. It's not the end. If you get a chance to come up to Steelers training camp in Lake Trobe, highly recommend it. Bill, I think you put it great the way you phrase what it's like coming up here. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like coming out to a work site to see them pour the foundation. You are getting in on the ground level of what could be the stairway to seven here. Yeah. I like it. You'll get super fired up for Steelers season if you make it out here. And uh, catch a nice day and come out and see practice. Yeah, I think there's eight more public practices left, including the annual Friday Night Lights party tonight over at uh, Latrobe's Memorial Stadium. And special uh, thanks and congratulations to our Be Like Mike winner, uh, Don Bavard. Yeah. <laughs> Stop saying his name wrong. Uh, he's from Greensburg. It's Beauregard. And... <laughs> Uh, and uh, you, you held all the way through, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> nice and awkward, just staring at us, being unimpressed with the production. <laughs> and they're like, this is what the show is? This is all it is? Yeah, I thought it would be more impressive than this. Nope. Nope. Thoroughly unimpressive. Uh, all right. Michelle's coming up next with the electric lunch at noon. You are listening to the home of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 102.5 WDVE.